obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. All right, welcome to episode 327 of Sports on the Hill podcast. Uh, my name is Robbie, and I'm uh, joined with the Blue Liner on Point, Gil, and C4, Shelly and Forrester. And uh, we are here to talk some caps updates and information, and then we will also talk about this live uh, football game uh, that we've got going on here between uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so uh, we'll definitely be monitoring that game all night. Right now, Tampa Bay is up 13 to 3, 622 left in the first half. Um, and uh, they currently have the ball. Um, and they are on um, Philadelphia's 36-yard line and a completion down to the 32 or so on third down. So we'll be monitoring that game live. And, uh, um, yeah, a lot of interesting action going on. Uh, it's a snowy day, so if I have to run off and do an emergency broadcast, um, I may have to do that at some point during this podcast. Uh, so that is to be determined, uh, but I wanted to let people know. Uh, but... I've let all of my hosts know uh, that this may happen, and uh, if that happens, they will continue the conversation, and I will join when I can. Um, we had an up and down week for the Capitals in the first hour. We'll talk about that, and we'll preview the week ahead. In hour two, uh, we'll be joined uh, by our DMV Sports uh, Roundtable, and we will discuss uh, all of this wild card weekend, um, and it's been a really exciting six games so far, so we'll break down all of those games and we'll preview the upcoming four games in the divisional round next week. Uh, and uh, again, we'll be talking about this live football game all night long. Uh, that'll be the last piece of the puzzle uh, for the next week as well. So um, thank you for everyone for joining us uh, champ and the low base guy. Um, uh, so uh, we will also, uh, I'll have Gil maybe share the Facebook uh, to his group as well, and um, and then we'll, we'll get going. Um, I really appreciate everyone for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to quickly go through 
the score of uh, well, I also will mention quickly that the Wizards had a game early today uh, and they lost to Pistons, which is the worst d- team in basketball at home on MLK Day, uh, 129 to 117. So that game decided on whether or not we were going to talk about them tonight. And if they had won, we were going to. And if they had lost, they are not getting a post game show. So uh, they, in fact, lost uh, that game, uh, which is pretty disappointing as uh, the battle of the two worst teams. Um, yes. And uh, so we won't be talking about them tonight. But I, I did want to at least mention the score of that game uh, in there and explain why. Um, all right, let's get in uh, to the Capitals. Uh, they had a really interesting week. Um, and uh, C4 was actually at one of the games, um, which... Uh, uh from um uh so she can give her perspective from going to that game uh and then i also want to get gil's thoughts on this because um i thought it was an interesting game for sure there's a lot of ups and downs but gil uh as we get started here let people know uh how you're doing and uh what you guys talked about i think you actually had c4 on as your guest yesterday on the power play point podcast uh, yes, the mermaid Anna had to uh, take a powder this uh, this weekend uh, for personal and family reasons. So uh, C4 very ably filled in with yours truly on uh, this week's recording. We recap the four games uh, from Sunday to Sunday, starting with the LA Kings game that we already talked about here last Monday. Um, and uh, summing all the way up to yesterday's game. Um, against the Rangers, the second of the back-to-back, um, and is uh, <clears throat> admittedly a little more upbeat um, than the week previous because uh, they actually improved things dis- despite only winning two out of the four games. So uh, trying not to be Debbie Downers, as Anna likes to say. Uh, so it's a little more optimistic tone and uh, something of an evaluation um, now that we're at the halfway mark and uh, a nice little personal story at the end is what you can expect. Nice. That sounds great. Yeah, I've had a crazy day. I wanted to mention that it is. Oops, I hit the wrong button. Uh, hold on. Let me see. Are we live still on? Yeah, I think that that will come back on. Let me just start. All right, that should fix it. All right, I think we're still live on Facebook, but I'll check that in a second. But um, we had a very uh, busy day. Uh, Here is uh, MLK Day in the United States. I know some people do have work and some don't. Um, My school does this great thing where we create stuff for people in need. Um, And um, so, uh, okay, we're back now, though. Okay. yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, we I, I dropped out the audio for just a second, uh, but we should be back uh, now. And uh, so, yeah, we have a thing for MLK Day where we op- are we give um, stuff to different groups in need, whether it be uh, we make dog toys, we make uh, foods for uh, some food uh, drives. Uh, we also make cards uh, for veterans uh, and um we uh, also create care packages to give to people on the streets that we give and the parents put them in their car. So when people are coming by with like uh, you know, some food, but also uh, things like sanitary stuff and other things that people would need like care package wise. So 
Uh, it's a really nice opportunity to try to create something to give back to the community. And so I was really proud to be a part of that today. And in the afternoon, I spent the day uh, with the kids, uh, which was a nice day. And I'm assuming it's going to be a snow day tomorrow, uh, though the, uh, the county hasn't made that call yet, at least here. Um, but yeah, it's uh, been an exciting um, uh, you know, a couple of days here, but we can get into the football talk. I do want to just make sure before we get too far that it's still streaming on Facebook, um, but uh, it looks like we still are. So, um, all right. So with that being said, uh, let's talk about the game um, that C4 went to. I'm going to go through the scoring real fast. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the Kraken scored two goals in the first period. Uh, Max Pacaretti gets his first goal of, as a capital, Ovi's 19th assist of the season, and Trevor Van Riemsdyk's seventh uh, to make it 2-1. to one. Uh, But unfortunately, our old friend Justin Schultz uh, scored a goal against us um, in his fourth of the season and that extended the lead to 3-1. to one. I thought it was kind of done at that point because it was a goal at the end of the period. It's really deflating. Uh, in the third, they did end up getting uh, one more goal to make it four to one, um, which was frustrating uh, for sure. But I'll, I'll get C4. What were some of your thoughts going to that game? Um, as I said yesterday, it, on paper, it wasn't that bad. But and on paper and I'm, I'm glad I went back and looked on paper because it was like looking at the box score. I mean, we only had 26 shots on goal. They had 23. So there really wasn't a lot of offensive effort on either side, but the shots that Seattle made, they made them count. Now there is probably one or two that Charlie may want back. I think Gil and I talked about this. Um, I think it was particularly the, the first goal. Was it? No, no, that um, was the other game. Actually, but I think I think uh, I think Darcy that was the other played, game. I think Darcy. Darcy, I'm sorry, Darcy. This game. I mean, there may be one or two he wants back, but um, I mean, I think he played a fairly solid game, all in all. Um, it's just they were we were up against a really good goalie in Decord, and I saw him play in Game Five live in game five against Hershey and the Calder cup final last year. And he's a big boy. I mean, he's hard to get around. So he, he's, he's, an, I think he's going to be an exceptionally good goalie for Seattle moving forward. So we just hit a hot goalie that night um, along with the, you know, only 20 odd shots, but um, I was with good friends. So it was a lot of fun. And I did shout out to CP three. I did actually get to meet up with him very briefly. Um, oh, that's so cool. I'm so happy yeah, that you did. I didn't even didn't get to meet up briefly. So um, yeah, it that's was good awesome. to see him. Uh, I'm we were so sad that was his first game in this stadium. All these years, he hasn't done it. And that was the first one. It's like, oh, yeah, it, it wasn't the most exciting game, but we had a lot. Of, I had a lot of fun. So uh, I mean, I always have fun when I go there, win, lose or draw. So it doesn't matter. Um, but you know, on paper, I don't think it was a bad effort on the Caps. I just think they, A, they hit a hot goalie. And um, B, Seattle, they they ha they have some sneaky shots. I mean, they've got some guys on that team that can really shoot. So, and that's why they, I think they went, did so well last year. Um, so, all in all, I'm, I'm not 
totally displeased with the loss. What I find amusing though is they didn't call any penalties until like the last what 10 minutes or so of the game. And they called one on each team. And as I said to Gil, I said they weren't even really blatant, but I think they felt that they had to call something because they hadn't called anything. So um, but all in all, I was I was fairly pleased with the effort. Yeah. Yeah, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Um, <clears throat> really hard to watch. Uh, it it's it was just deflating that yet again um, they fell behind so quickly, and that just seems to be that that just seems to be the story of this team. They either start really well or they start very poorly, um, and that that seems to dictate how the game is going to go. And if it's, if it's somewhere, if it's a start that's somewhere in the middle or um, like if they end up with a tie or scoreless first period or something like that, you know, those are the games where they, for some reason, put out the most effort. Um, and, you know, they're the ones that they, they, they hang around to the end and, and battle. But yeah, this, this was one of those ones where, um, yeah, they, they fell behind very quickly and, it was really hard to watch after that because when this team chases the game, it, 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 it's not pretty, it's not good. They play like it. Um, they haven't, um, it's not, not, not as though they can't come from behind, uh, as we'll see in one of the games, this another game this week, but they just don't do it very well. They don't have anywhere near the firepower enough to, you know, rely on, falling behind where in year years past they 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 could um so i don't want to say falling behind early is a death sentence but it seems to be more so this year and that that's that's kind of why we were down last week um so again this was one of those one of those other game one of those games where it looks like looked like they weren't progressing but fortunately this week it was you know off the you know, off the norm versus being the norm. The the rest of the three, I would say that we covered anyway. I would say uh, they they definitely uh, were in. They they put out a lot of effort and and at least you know tried looked like they were trying to win those games. And yeah. and like Real I said, to, Seattle would. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to jump in with a quick scoring update because so the Eagles scored a touchdown and then they went for the extra point, made it, but then there was a penalty. So they get the, a try closer to, and they have this, you know, brotherly shove, you know, whatever you want to call it, the tush push. Right. And so they're like, yeah, let's try it from there because you'll get two points for it. Right. It was stopped at the goal line. They stopped the tush. There was like two giant walls of people and, uh, yeah, they kept them out. So ultimately, now it's still a seven-point game uh, when it could have been a five-point game if the tush push worked. So, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought that's an interesting uh, little uh, side story there. But um, yeah, the game is getting close. It's now down to a touchdown. But um, yeah, what were you saying, uh, C four? I was gonna say. I mean, on paper, Seattle didn't put much forth much of an offensive effort either six in the six shots in the first nine in the second eight in the third so but the shots they made they made count you know so like Gil said it was just kind of one of those blah kind of write it off move on games you know what I mean yeah 
for sure. Um, all right, let's get into the next game, uh, which was the best game for us. Um, uh, so we have a return of a goaltender, um, and you know, to much you know, fanfare, I, I have to say it's at nauseum now. Um, this Capitals Facebook situation with this goaltender situation that we got going. It's hard to watch, and honestly, it's hard to stomach a lot of these Facebook groups just because it's all people want to talk about. It's like, look how bad Darcy is, and look how good you know Lindgren is, and it sucks because I we do seem to play better in front of Charlie, and I don't. It's not. I I can't say it's all Darcy's fault, you know, and it's but it's frustrating because it's. The two games that we saw with Lindgren, you know, against you know the best team in the division, we looked pretty good, and he he did make some timely saves. I I have to say in, in both games, but let's let's talk about the win first. But I was even more impressed with him on the back to back and a loss, you know, with a you know especially with coming back from injury and all that. But uh. New York scored first in the first period. I'll be honest, I didn't hadn't tuned in yet, uh, but I did see the replay later. Uh, Adam Fox with the goal, thirteen twenty three, and then Anthony Mantha. I was thinking about wearing my Mantha Ray shirt again tonight. Um, tied it up, very timely goal, seventeen fifty. Connor McNichol his eighth. Mantha blocks a shot, um, and then just goes straight up the ice in hopes that someone can hit him. And Connor gets the rebound and feathers a beautiful pass. And Anthony does a great move and decides to make sure to roof it to make sure that it's a goal, which I always love because you you always hate to hit the pads on a breakaway, right? Like mm-hmm. make sure that he's got to make an incredible glove save to stop it. And he's, you know, falling backwards and, and he's not going to make that save if you put it there. And he didn't. And it's a great goal. Uh, Adam Fox, of course, again, makes it two to one. He, he's good. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone knows that. Uh, but uh, there, there's a reason why he was an all-star in the past. And, uh, yeah, he's he's been out for a lot of the season, I think, in the first half. And uh, it's scary uh, how well the Rangers have done without him. And um, so it's two to one there uh, going into the third uh, Nick Dowd uh, scores a goal, assisted by Kuzi and Carlson. A really beautiful goal that I, I want Gil to walk us through and made it 2-2. And then TJ Oshie with a wonderful sick pass from Dylan Strom, uh, his 10th assist of the season. Oshie's third goal just just needed. Uh, and uh, Joel Edmondson setting up the whole play with his second assist of the season. Um, great play on his part too to make it three two, and we hold on for the victory. Uh, and some phenomenal saves down the stretch there to hold on for that victory. But Gil, I want to get your thoughts first on this game. Um, well, this was uh, this was one of those uh, character wins. Um, they frankly looked uh, a bit lifeless in the first period. Um, they ramped it up, ramped up the efforts in the second period. And they had uh, plenty in the tank uh, for uh, a comeback win. Now, they, uh, they, they, when I say they, um, they is four letters and somebody else is four letters. And uh, when you have four letters, you don't really come up with uh, something good. And that was the case this time around. Uh, But anyway, um, the broadcasters, um, 
made mention several times that the Rangers um, had not lost a game when tied after the first period and when leading after two periods. So it looked all doom and gloom. But again, uh, Caps came with it in the third period to their credit. And um, so the, the first goal that uh, tied it, that led the comeback. So I've got the replay. I'm watching it now. So it's Kuzi who had gained the zone and circled the net over to the left wing, at just to the top of the left wing circle, and did a twister shot. Not a twister pass like he normally does, but a twister shot towards the net. Dowd had two guys on him, managed to get a stick in the air just under the crossbar and batted it in. Now, if you look at the replay, actually, now that I'm looking at the replay very closely, I don't know that, no, that puck was not going in. There was some debate as to whether or not that puck was going in anyway. It was not. Yeah, I don't it think was so. actually going to go wide. So Nick Dowd um, did did the right thing and and batted that sucker in and tied it. And then uh, T.J. Oshie, um, two minutes later, uh, just about less than two minutes later, ties it um, with uh, more net front presence, which we desperately need. Uh, so he's healthy. You know, that that adds another dimension to the offense. Uh, I wish we had somebody else who could do that, which is why we need more grit. But, you know, mm -hmm. he's there so we can use him and he scores the go ahead goal. He seems to play great against the Rangers. And uh, I, I love that. And um, I, I think they were just caught off guard in the third period. I think they just they just um, I don't know if they ran out of gas, but they were just caught off guard also. I made mention that uh, Peter Laviolette coach teams, um, when they get the lead, um, sometimes they don't play very well. Sometimes they get a little scatterbrained. And I, I think that's that's also what happened here. Uh, but, yeah, great win, great comeback, and uh, love love the effort all around. Well, I definitely love beating our old coach you know, in Washington because yeah. I was afraid that we were you – know, at one point we were going to – I was hoping for a split, right? They're the top team in the division. That's a pretty good goal. If I was actually hoping that maybe we win the first one, we force the second game to overtime, we take three out of four points, you know, and just, you know, that would be a, you know, a slight nice thing. And we got close. I, I have to say, we put a hell of an effort on in, the, in that second half of that game. And I, what I was really impressed about was we did so without Ovechkin, right? Because everyone's right. like, oh, Ovi this, Ovi that. And even when Ovi's not scoring, he's taking up space and, you know, drawing attention to himself, which, you know, opens up opportunities for other people. But to not have him out there, you know, it's a weird glimpse that we're getting of, um, you know, what life might be without him, right? So um, I thought everybody stepped up and they weren't looking to somebody else to make a, a play that they're everyone was trying to make a play every, you know, shift and tilted the ice. And I thought that they had really good pace. And it was weird. I, after the second period, sometimes when we're down, I'm like, ah, I don't think we're going to win. This game kind of reminded me a little bit of the clinching game in the cup final where I just said to myself, man, if we just have a 2-0 period, we'll win this game, you know? That's what I said to myself between, you know, the second and third period on that cup winning game. And I was saying the same thing. I found myself saying the same thing here, which I don't always do. You know, it's based, you know, because... A 2-0 period is nice. It's not a guaranteed thing. But, you know, if you play good defensively and take chances and you have your opportunities, uh, you can do it. And sure enough, they played in a very gritty, similar kind of way to that you know, game. And uh, I was very impressed to see. But what were some of your thoughts, C4? 
Uh, I unfortunately did not see the game. I was down in Virginia taking care of some family allegation. I was sort of following along in the chat and um, online. I did watch the highlights um, and what I saw, I liked, um, you know, we, I think it was a fairly complete game from what I heard, from what I could see. Um, you know, I was just happy to beat Laviolette at his own game. So, you know, and, and it was kind of funny. There was an article, I didn't mention this the other night, but there was an article, um, somewhere that, or some a post where, uh, uh, they were talking about the goal that Mantha scored. And he says, yeah, we were up ahead. And then somebody scored. He wouldn't, he didn't mention Mantha by name, which I found highly amusing. I wish I could find it again. I saw it somewhere on Facebook. Yeah, but I can't I, find it. I saw, I saw this and too. Actually, like, Russian Machine Never Breaks wrote an article Was it RMB? Yeah. Yeah. They, for all that they're a little off the wall sometimes, I found that article rather amusing. Right. But, right. um, Gil's not a fan, I know. I know. <laughs> they have they have their purpose. I will I will give them that. Right, they're good at finding the little niche articles that maybe are not yeah. like the mainstream things we'll cover, which I appreciate for that sort of fringe you know stories, you know. But yeah. um, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of amusing in a, in a lot of ways for a lot of reasons because because well, everyone he knows in his doghouse, and I think that it's great that he's one of the players that helped beat him, right? You know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, for sure. Um, all right, let's get into the the next New York game. Um, not as good a result, but I honestly was pretty impressed just overall with the play in this game. Um, unfortunately, they let up a goal in the first and last minute of that first period, although I think they played a pretty solid first period in that game, which is it was very unfortunate that they had some miscues there. Um, and then in the second period, I really loved Oshie's goal. It was almost a copy paste of what he was doing with Strom in the previous game, right? So, um, you made it 2-1 and I watched this whole game with Zach and I, you know, I was hoping that we'd come back. I really felt like we were going to, I, I don't know. I just felt, I felt good about this game. I thought there was decent effort being put forth. I thought, uh, Lindgren, you know, Played a really good game, you know, 93% save percentage, you know, very solid, only letting in two goals, you know, in 20, you know, in 31 shots, which is, you know, solid, right? I mean, that's, it, it, that's what we're asking the other goalie to do, you know, so like, you know, we're, we're trying to be consistent here. So, um, but I thought that uh, Igor uh, put up an incredible game on the other side, right? It was just a really good goalie duel. And I thought a really good, high quality, top level game, great rematch of the day before, and we fell just short, but I, you know, it wasn't a lack of effort, you know, as, you know, sometimes, you know, losses yeah. are. And I thought it was really, a, it reminded me of this rivalry from years past. You know, it's a very similar to an old school Rangers capital sort of grinded out kind of game. So, uh, Gil, I'll start with you. What were some of your thoughts on this loss? Um, Great effort. Uh, much was made of uh, Charlie Lindgren starting a back-to-back -back games, uh, but he proved up to the task. So, uh, yeah, at the risk of uh, further extending the uh, the goalie debate, um, I think it cannot be disputed that for right now and the foreseeable future, foreseeable future, uh, I just use words that uh, our head coach used that I can't stand. Um, but anyway, um, no, going forward, uh, it's, it's Charlie's net. 
and that that I don't think should be disputed at this point. I think he's earned it. I think he's earned the majority of the starts the rest of the way. And so I hope that shuts everybody up uh, for at least a good solid month or so. Um, beyond that, um, you know, it was it was a it was it was a great effort. Um, they they were definitely into the game. You can't question that. Um, I did like the way the coaching staff reacted. Uh, I think um, Kirk Muller, I was, I, I heard, uh, according to Al Koken, was uh, kind of leaning into the guys in between periods. And also, I think uh, Spencer Carberry and Mitch Love kind of uh, mixed up the, the, the defensive pairing. So at one point you had, um, let's see, I think you had, uh, well, you had Jensen and Edmondson. So Jensenson or Edmondsonson, if whoever you want to you want to with that uh you had uh ethan bear and uh, martin ferrivari so Baravari um for the other pair and then uh, uh carlson and tvr so uh tv watch tvr in your car i guess i don't know you can call that one um but that that worked out that worked because uh the for the most of that period um except for of course when the caps were having to kill penalties Oh boy. Um, the Caps were doing a pretty good job of keeping the Rangers uh, out of the scoring area uh, for the second half, most of the second half of the game. So, uh, and where they couldn't, um, there was Charlie. And uh, that that's pretty much how that game went. They just, they just couldn't get that second goal. Yeah. Uh, um, Cheryl will give her thing. This is the time where I needed you guys to bamf because I get a closed school tomorrow. So I'll let you guys yeah. shout out this game and I will <laughs> do my thing over here. But I am here. Uh, but uh, yeah, give your thoughts. Well, I came in, I was driving home and trying to listen, but it kept bopping in and out. So I got home just in time to see the at the end of the second period when Nick Dow got the roughing penalty against Adam Fox. Um, so, uh, yeah, caught the tail end of the second and then all of the third. And I, I really liked the effort I saw in the third. We kept, you know, we didn't have as many shots. We only had seven shots, but the effort was there. The, the, the attempts was there. The will was there. And we kept that, you know, there was a lot of zone time. We kept them, you know, we tried to keep the defense was playing a little better, keeping it more. Well, towards again, when, when you have to kill a five on three and you have to kill back to back to back to back to back to back penalties. Right. Yeah, exactly. Called. Yeah, that that tripping call was uh, hmm. bogus. Was that no? Was that the one? No, was that the other day? No, this was the one. Yeah, no, no the this tripping, was the, the tripping one. was on Saturday. No, the tripping was no. This was the one with the with the phantom tripping call where that's Carlton, right. Where John Carlson tripped yeah. over the stick. Lafreniere tripped over Carlson, and the other guy tripped over Lafreniere. Oh, yeah, sorry. This is the one where there was what four or five penalties against against Lafreniere. Yeah. What did I say? He's the Sidney Crosby of the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> so, made of yeah, cottonelle tissue. That's soft. Yeah. Yeah. Or what was it? A a, a pallet of Charmin, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, and I completely missed Joel Edmondson's high sticking against Lafreniere. I'm like, wait, because I mean, there yeah. wasn't any. 
because okay. his stick was at his waist. I don't know what kind of high sticking they were watching, uh, unless mm-hmm. unless it was from a porno film they had in the back pocket on their device. I don't know. I, these refs were out to lunch and beyond. I swear. Yeah, horrible, horribly called game. Yeah. But I think, like I said, that what I saw the end of the tail end of the second and into the third, I think the effort was there. I think we played well. Again, Shusterkin also played well. So, and their defense was playing well. So, and then, you know, what did we have? One, two, three penalties. So that's two, four, six, eight, two, four, six minutes of penalties. So, you know, you're only actually playing whatever 20 minus six is 14 minutes, something. No, eight. I don't know. I, I don't do math. So, so yeah, I, but all in all, I think of, you know, the, the, including the Kings game, you know, Sunday to Sunday, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the 500 weeks. So I you know, the other night, I think the only game there wasn't a whole lot of effort was the Seattle game. Um, and, and I, I think it was just a matter of, they weren't making a lot of effort, so we weren't making the effort, but they made their shots count and we didn't. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And, uh, I'm not, look, I said going in as long as they kept it close, I wasn't going to be disappointed. They did that. Um, and Charlie did what he had to do, uh, which was keep them in the game, especially on while on the penalty kill. Um, so again, he's, he's earned the net. Uh, there's no question at this point. So, you know, well, what I do hate... you do in that situation where someone's like clearly earned the net, but the other guy's getting paid more and like, do you well, just look, I mean, look that, that I get that argument, but, but the point, that point is moot. You've paid NHL contracts, NHL player contracts are guaranteed. All right. He's going to get the money regardless. He's going to get the money whether he's sitting on the bench or eating nachos in the press box or sitting in a hospital flirting with the nurses. He's going to get paid regardless. So that money is spent. There's no sense crying about it. And I, I never understand these these fans that but whine you, and cry. Do you play Lindgren on back to back all the games? Do you not play Charlie at all? Do well, you, how do you how do you do this? It depends on the uh, opponent. Right now, they they're going to have to figure out how to split that. Right now, I would say. The rest of the way, they've got 40 games. I would say um, de- some of it's going to have to depend on the de- opponent. Obviously, it's a high-caliber opponent, and Charlie's still playing at a higher level. You put him in net. Um, now, if it's a back-to-back and one of them is a lesser opponent, then you start Kemper against that team. Um, so but the Minnesota-Colorado, for example. The Minnesota-Colorado, yeah. I would Darcy start, Minnesota. Start him Kemper, in Minnesota. Start Charlie against Colorado. Mm -hmm. Although, although there could be an advantage in doing the reverse because I'm sure Darcy's familiar with a lot of the guys since that's his old team, but yeah, regardless, um, you know, so it should be something like a 60, 40 split, uh, or something along those lines. Um, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to wear out either goaltender. At all, in case there's a playoff run. Well, uh, I got I got news. Alan May said it best. They're, you know what their playoff run? It's now. It is right now. That's mm-hmm. 
that's when it starts. It starts now because they're in a battle with six, seven other teams for two spots. Right. So they're they're in playoff mode right now, or well, they need to be. They should be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and I was saying the other night, this team right now is doing way better than I expected. And we are in the fortunate spot that we have the young talent and the player development that as we're going through this retooling, restructure re whatever you want to call it we are not sinking to the bottom like a lot of these other teams did detroit chicago you know we're keep we're we're treading water we're still in the mix and we're very fortunate that we have the talent pool to do that and we've seen in the last two games without ovechkin that we can still play good hockey um so I'm not overly concerned about what's going to happen when Ovi retires. And like Gil said, this is why we're on a three-year plan, maybe four years, you know, a three-year plan instead of a six, seven, eight, 10, whatever year plan to build this team back up. So, but this, again, on the other hand, this fan base has been spoiled. So something happens, somebody gets injured, GMBM makes a bonehead move and we tank all of a sudden you know, there's the flip side to that. But right now we are very fortunate that we are in the position we're in and that we have the level of talent we do to keep us in that position. No, we may not, we're probably not going to make the playoffs this year, but maybe next year, maybe the year after, and maybe in five years we're holding a cup again. So I'm not worried about this team. And this this year, as I said before, is the roller coaster. Strap in, hang on, enjoy the ride. And yeah, you may get nauseous and throw up a little bit, but that's all part of the fun. <laughs> you know, that's that's what a roller coaster does. So this type of game next year, I guarantee if whenever for the most part, whenever they get caught up in this type of game where it's back and forth and really, really close. They don't lose more often than not. They will not lose next year. Uh, they'll at least take it to overtime. They, but they won't lose it outright. Right. But that that's where they are. That's just where they are now. And you're right. The fan base is spoiled. I don't think half of them understand where they are. Um, no, because they came in during the cup run. Yeah. They, yeah. Most of them and, came in 2017, 2018 and and that's why, you know, not not to sound elitist, but that's that's why, you know, Robbie, you and I have podcasts like this to try and educate the fans and and get them to understand, hey, look, you know, sometimes you you got to you got to have some perspective and understand where you were and where you are now. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking some just don't quite get it because yeah, they they came in when they were up here and now we're mm-hmm. down here and yeah. they don't understand why. Oh, okay. Well, where's, they don't understand why we're lucky. We're not down here. Yeah. Where, where's the, where's the thrill? Where's, where's the good stuff? Where, what, you know, this team just won a cup. No, they didn't. It's been five years, six, five and a half now. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those guys are gone and older. Okay. So, and, and I, I even saw a tweet a week ago 
begging for you know, Caps management to bring Bruce Boudreaux back as coach because somehow he could magically make the return the team back to the glory days when he was coaching when Caps were winning games six one. Um, no. <laughs> Well, no, the game is also, but the game has also changed in those five yes, years. Yes, exactly. That, the game itself has changed. Not just the team, but the game itself has changed. As teams part get of younger it. and faster and smarter, and you know, yes, the game has changed. And and so. you don't have you you don't have uh, the young guns. You have one very old gun who is yeah. now, you know, I hate to say it, struggling through and. <clears throat> frankly, probably should, um, should sit out. Uh, we said this on the, on the podcast. I wouldn't mind if he sat out from now all the way through the all-star break. Exactly. Um, because it looks like he's in need, even though he's still contributing, he's definitely looking like he's in need of some sort of, some sort of reset, something. He was struggling against seattle i mean i think yeah he had an assist in that i think he had an assist in that game yeah he did yeah, yeah. he had an assist in that game he did yeah he assisted on the patch goal but he yeah. was tired he was struggling i mean it hurts me to see him in the power or whenever he's on the ice i mean he literally stands right on the neutral zone side of the blue line waiting for that puck and as soon as the puck crosses he gets in it hurts me to see him standing there not only he mostly during the power play, but he was doing it some during five on five too. You know, he's not as involved in the game as he used to be. So you can see he's struggling. Yes. He has 19 assists and that's amazing. That's awesome for him, but I'd like to see him more involved again, you know, and it just hurts me to see him not. So like you said, he probably, I think he needs more rest than he's letting on. I think he's hurting. Yeah, he just doesn't want to let it. I just don't. I don't know if it's something that can be fixed in the short term, or if this is you know, because it's got all that wear and tear over all these years. You know, it's got to catch up to you eventually. Is he thirty-eight yet? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. He just turned thirty-eight. Yeah. Yeah. A year younger than me, right? So you know, he's right about my age. So he's a few years younger than me. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm not going to say but, how much younger than me he is. Well, I'm older than you, so. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, and we were talking a little bit about age with Kemper too. You know, we hired we we brought on a 32 year old goaltender for five years. Yeah. Well, okay. So much is much but, has been made. Well, I, I just want to jump in here. Robbie said something about paying five, six million to a goalie that's going to sit most of the games. Um, yeah, we lambaste uh, Brian McClellan a lot for a lot of the deals, and that's deserved. Yeah, but I understand. Yeah, I understand credit, exactly why I hired him. Darcy Kemper was the best goalie available in the free oh, agent market. He at that did time, the absolutely. best he could. Absolutely. And as much as the fans were crying and complaining about Samsonov and Vanacek and how poorly they were doing and how neither of them was going to be the guy in net. Okay, now you go out and get a guy that mm -hmm. just won a cup. What else did you want him to do? Right. 
no, exactly. No, I, I get your point. I totally see the only other from. option, Gil, is to try to find one of these young guys that would uh, up on the rise that maybe wasn't going to cost five, you know, because there are some goalies that I'm pretty impressed of that are younger, but you're taking a flyer on them. You don't know. Well, well, it's exactly. more of a short and thing, quote unquote. To me, and you already did that. You already did that with Vanacek and Samsonov. So you're putting yourself right back where you started. And, you know, the fan base complained so damn loudly about their performance, there was no way that was going to be an option. So he only had one direction he could have gone, which was this. And admittedly, yeah, no, he is not performing up to up to snuff. But he's Do you not... think he's still better than our AHL goalies? Because I know there's some conversation that you know one of them could maybe come up and yes, just... right now yes, I would say he's better than Hunter Shepard. Um, I would say he's for sure only... better than Clay Stevenson. Well, I well, Clay, Clay but Clay Stevenson... Stevenson, I tell you what, here's what coaching. Here's the difference, co- and we discussed <laughs> this in the podcast. Here's <laughs> the difference. Here's the difference coaching makes. Okay, Clay Stevenson was in the ECHL. For a long time and a mutual friend of mine in gills and i believe you met him marcus mm-hmm. was like this guy is trash he's too old he's not going to mount to anything he moves up to hershey under and i don't don't ask me the name of the coach in hershey because i can't remember his the gold coach in hershey i can't uh, remember his name finnish guy you hold yeah. i i can't Something remember like his that. name either he has made that kid from somebody who is you know eh and he's having a career year in Hershey. He is doing phenomenally well in Hershey. Sammy, to this, I will go to my grave believing if Sammy had the right coach and the right defense, he would have been a freaking beast. I will go to my grave believing that. He got, you know, Toronto, he got injured, he got screwed over by them. Which you can see a mile away, right? Like, we, and there we are people that wanted him to come back, and I'm like, no, he'd be in the same situation he was before because you'd have the same coach and the same defense. He would not be the miracle goalie. Can we bring that minor league uh, goaltender coach up if he's doing such a good job? Would it, would it well, translate? I would like that's to. That's the theory. I'd love to bring him up, but I don't know if he'd leave her. I don't know. I don't know what his contract. I don't know when his contract's up in Hershey. Yuha Latola is is the official his official title with the Bears is associate goaltending coach. Um, They actually just hired him last. uh, No, August of 2022. Yeah, so he's he's probably got a couple of years left. So he's yeah. And uh, they credit him for uh, not that not that I think Hunter Shepard was really bad. He was actually, you know, pretty good. But I think he added an extra dimension to Hunter Shepard's game that made him the guy in their Calder, Calder Cup run. So. Yeah. And he's um, done the same for Stevenson. Yeah. And it, yeah. He's... And uh, so I, I would say, yeah, it, it, when, and if possible, uh, not, not if, when possible, yes, bring this guy up, make him the goalie coach because what they've got now, not working at all. And we talked about this on the mm-hmm. podcast. I've talked about this ad nauseum several times since 2018 Who's the common denominator? Not going to spoil it here because uh, we're. I think we're starting to run out of time a little bit for one. Yeah. But um, for another, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure people are sick of hearing me say it, but I'm going to say it until they make the change. Um, there is no structure. There is no there's no coaching. Um, and they the they look out of sorts. They look, you know, 
sometimes they make miscues because they don't get the guidance that they're supposed to be getting from a goalie coach. And that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I agree. Uh, I am going to give us a couple extra bonus minutes just because I think this is a good conversation. Um, and just while the other guys come on in a little bit, uh, I do want to talk about these upcoming games real fast. Uh, there's an Anaheim Ducks game at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, which is tomorrow if you're checking us out live. Um, and then I also might be doing a pop up video editing podcast. I've been doing a video editing uh, stream on my Twitch channel. I've been doing that lately because people wanted to see how I've been making the scuba diving videos. Uh, so I've been going live on Twitch uh, showing that because um, I thought it'd be kind of a cool art form. I used to teach filmmaking and it's kind of a cool way for people to learn. And then also for me to have a sort of, um, you know, special features on DVDs. We don't, since I'm not making a DVD for it, you know, it's kind of cool that you could, you know, check it out on YouTube on like how I actually produce it and put it together and all that sort of stuff. So I thought that'd be kind of fun to do. Uh, we are releasing a video every Wednesday for people that are keeping track of that. Um, and so on Tuesday nights, I do the final touches on it so I can render it overnight and let it uh, set to premiere the next day kind of thing. Uh, so I might be doing a stream tomorrow evening. Um, and if so, I will I'll be watching the end of that Anaheim game or be just after it's over. So I might be referencing my thoughts on that one. And then on Thursday, there's a St. Louis game also at home. So it's like a short home stand. Seven o'clock. I think game. I'm going to that game. I'm waiting to see if we got, I think. Wait to see if we got tickets. Nice. And then uh going to St. Louis. Uh, so it's the same team. Uh it's it's kind of like the Rangers series and the fact that it's a home and home, but at least it's not back to back. There's a day in between, which is nice. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, they'll continue that road journey to Minnesota and then Colorado and then Dallas coming up here in the next couple of weeks. But um, let's talk about that Anaheim game first. Gil, what are some of your thoughts about playing the Ducks at home in our next game? Um, well, the Ducks aren't quite a dumpster fire, but they're pretty far from being a good team. Um I don't want to say the Caps should look past them, but um, this should be a win. Um, at, again, on paper, um, should be a win. They're uh, currently right now seventh in the Pacific. 15-27-1 is uh, where they're sitting. Only eight points better than San Jose, who uh, is just now starting to get their act together. So that gives you an idea how good they are. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs. And I think uh, one of their best players, Trevor Zegras, just got hurt. Um, yes. So, and, uh, and he had uh, jaw surgery, but apparently he's skating. Or no, that was Bedard. Uh, that, that's that's Bedard. That's that Connor Bedard. Um, but uh, yeah, and their their uh, best goalie, John Gibson, apparently wants out. So I hear. Um, so that that's a that's a bit of a dumpster fire. Um, so yeah, I mean that. If as long as they don't come in there taking this team lightly, you know, they do have a lot of young talent that you know is bubbling under the surface and and can beat you um, with you know a, a speed and effort game, which is pretty much down to down to what the Caps have now. Um, as long as they refuse to go to the net, which what which is war, what worked for them in New York, uh, why didn't didn't do it anywhere else? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Anaheim, I've got this, I've basically, I've got this down as a win. Uh, it should be, but it depends on as with all other games, uh, which caps team shows up. And if, if this is the team that can play the 60 minute game and, you know, puts, puts their will towards, you know, getting ahead and staying ahead, 
then yeah, this this should be a win. Yeah. All right. I want um, C4. I want your thoughts on the Ducks, and then Gil. Right after that, if you can give your thoughts on St. Louis, I'm stepping out for just one second, but I'll be right back. Okay. So, like Gil said, it should be a win. Uh, the problem is we tend to take these teams that are not doing as well as we are for granted, and we tend to play to their level and make things harder than it should be. So if we go out there with the mentality that this should be an easy win, it's going to be a hard win. But if we go out there with the mentality, we got to play our game. We got to shoot the puck. We got to play defense. We got to, you know, do all the things that we need to do to win the game. Then we should be fine. As long as we don't play down to their level, we should be able to win this game. Um, My fear is we're going to make it harder than it has to be, whether we win or lose. But, you know, I'd like to see him blow them out of the water personally. Uh, is that the game where they're going to be dressing up like cowboys in the stands? Is no, that's going St. That, Louis. Ma'am? That's St. Louis. Oh, that's I see. That's I see. Thursday's game. Okay. Gotcha. Let me um, see if I can, I'm going to find this hat that they... <laughs> you, you go on. You're gonna, pre- you're gonna preview it. You're gonna preview that one. I'm not. I'm not getting the hat. You have to buy uh, okay, the okay, package all right. to get the hat, but. N- nice, nice for our uh, regular listeners. Uh, I have my, yeah. I have my own cowboy hat. Ah, right. That that that's true. And we and we talked about said hat on on our episode. We did. We did. By by the way, uh, regular sports on the hill um, viewers and listeners, um, do not adjust your sets. Uh, we've temporarily taken over the show. Um, we will begin um, talking about hockey in uh, in all five segments. Uh, I'm that's, just kidding. That's the hat for January. That, yeah, that that's the hat. You have that, to buy the special ticket package. Oh, right. Okay. It, now, but that's not the one they're giving away at the St. Louis game, is it? Yeah, that's that's the one. Oh, that, it is. It is. One, it's the same one. But you have to buy this. You have to buy the the special package to get the hat. The cat's an extra twenty dollars. So see, oh. it's just buy special ticket package there. Buy special yeah. ticket package. Yeah. So no, I won't not buy the special <laughs> ticket package. Hey, it's kind of funny. I'm watching the football game in the background, and they've got that AT and T commercial on where they're on the plane, and it's like, um, oh, you have to pay twenty dollars extra just for a yes. cup of water. Yeah, right. <laughs> but irony is yeah. A but I am wearing. I will be wearing my cowboy boots to St. Louis game. St. Louis. Well, since we're talking about it, nice segue into that to get our thoughts on that, Gil. Um, I honestly don't know much about St. Louis, uh, except that they fired Craig Ruby about, uh, I want to say about a month ago, um, which, yeah, which, uh, pretty much signals the end of, um, any, any quality. Um, but that, I mean, they kind of dis, they kind of started to dismantle things the year after, uh, Petrangelo, uh, they sent to, to Vegas, uh, I don't know if they sent him or what happened there but uh, he's gone yeah. um we have roughly the same record we do yeah they're, uh, they're in their division they're doing okay but they're they're yeah they've they've probably they probably have the same crisis of identity that we have uh, they don't know who they are they don't know which mm-hmm. way they're going 
Um, I think we split the games. I think we win the one at home and lose in St. Louis because yeah, I think we do pretty well at home. I think, uh, yeah, they're too much a carbon copy of the Caps. So, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if the home and home ends up being a split um, and or one of those games goes to overtime and or the dreaded shootout. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me either. Oh, mm. um, Try not to throw I up we, in my I mouth. I hope that's the game that we lose is that one. So you at least you get three out of four <laughs> points. You know, so it's like. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, I'd rather, yeah, it's, I'd like to get three of the six, but or three see, of the I, four. But I, we'll I, promised, I promised to bring back the sun and there's there's Robbie here. So I, I, I told you we're not taking over the show. <laughs> no, there you not go. yet anyway. Um, sorry, Zara's just screaming. I just the, we gave her too long of a nap, and so she doesn't want to go to bed. No, oh, poor little thing. No, no I was she wanted. Bill. She heard us shouting, and uh, she wanted to get on the discussion. So. Right, exactly. She wanted to shout back. So, so, so January. What's so we were Gil and I were talking. January eighteenth happens to be Country Music Night, and if you buy the special ticket package for the Caps, you get this hat. Oh, nice. But I have my own cowboy hat. But uh, which I'm not going to wear to the game because it will, <laughs> it's too big and it'll get in the way. But I do have a pair of cowboy boots that I will be wearing. Nice. So, and I promised and- Gil I would take a picture before I left the house with the hat and the boots <laughs> and my jersey. So he, he posted on the page. And- you, you heard it on our podcast and here that the picture is promised and forthcoming. I will, so I will yeah. take a picture of me in the boots and the hat. There you go. Maybe we'll show it next week on the show. Um, so, <laughs> um, the the Bucks Eagles game is still very close. Uh, but Jalen Hurts just uh, had a good run uh, there uh, for our first down, and um, he is being that guy's being held so much. Did they call it? I don't know. They never seem to call it. Oh, and then he spears him on the way down. Ugh, that sucks. Oh, they did call the holding call. That's incredible. So it's a, I guess it must have been um, offsetting penalties, but um, yeah. Anyway, it's sixteen to nine in, in that game, and we're gonna get into our football talk uh, here in a second. Uh, but thank you guys for helping break down uh, all of the um, the hockey games. I agree. I'm looking for trying to get three out of four points or three out of six points would be ideal here. Uh, it's gonna be a tough year for us. It's just um, the metro is tough and. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to get half the points to even stay afloat in this thing. So um, yeah. that's kind of how we have to hope for. I like Gil's cat making an appearance in the in the background. I here. know. <laughs> so my dog here is asleep. Um, I could I could show. I, my but... cat was here earlier. You probably saw his tail flipping through a few times, or what there is of his tail flipping through a few times. Um. All right, well, I'll let uh, C-Far, I'll let you give your final thoughts, and then we'll let you get out of here. Well, like I said, all in all, I was pretty pleased with this week of games. Um, would have liked to have won both Rangers games. I think we could have, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, looking forward uh, to the games coming up, I'm thinking if I'll be happy if we, let's see, there's four. I'll be happy if we win two of the four. Uh, St. Louis and Minnesota. St. Louis, I think, will split. I don't know if you heard that. I think that's going to be a split. I'd like to get three. I mean, uh, Minnesota should be a win. And Colorado and Dallas, it's just going to depend on who shows up. Uh, I 
think we can beat Colorado because they've been struggling. They did lose today uh, to Montreal. Montreal, yeah, but it was close. It was what was it? I think it was five. It was a four three. So Colorado has been struggling a little bit. So that that could be a potential win. Dallas, we always have a hard time with. So I'm not. I'm kind of writing that. Although off. for some reason, I think we do in some ways better there. We we always lose here against Dallas. I don't yeah, know why I, that is, but um, sometimes it splits uh, the other way. That's a two o'clock game on a Saturday. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of a that one. I'm kind of that's a wash for me. Whether you know, but Colorado, I think we have the potential to win just because they're struggling a little bit right now. But um, I'll be happy if we end up with another 500 in the next four games. So or five. Well, we'll, we'll have you on to talk about those games hopefully next week and maybe the return of Anna. I still have to chat with her to see what uh, we got going on. But, like, okay. I, I really appreciate your insight of going to these games, uh, C4. And uh, yeah, Now I'm wishing I'd been able to afford season tickets as many games as I've gone to. I've probably right. seen it. <laughs> That's probably true. But I know that you are going to be on injured reserve here in a little bit. Uh, yeah, so. February 7th is my shoulder surgery, so yeah. I'll still be able to – work the computer i just won't i'll just have one arm right so, so yeah well, we can still have you on even i just won't be going to games i'll just have to watch them on tv right just like the rest of us um just like the so, rest of you uh, <laughs> there's you mere mortals <laughs> <laughs> but uh i appreciate it and um yeah it's been fun having you on the show and we'll talk to you soon all right thanks guys we'll talk to you soon and uh gil Thank i Caroline. hope the people uh, we'll check out your uh, show uh, this week. Uh, if you go to sports.thp.com, click the podcast partners button. Also, I'll do one more time the Gil command here, uh, which will make the graphic appear live on screen, as well as links to uh, the the podcast on that. If you're watching on Twitch or if you're on Facebook, you probably already know. Uh, you can search the Power Play Point podcast, um, and there's a Facebook group that you could join for that. Uh, Gil, any final thought? Oh, I, do you want to talk football with us, or do you want to give your final thoughts and head out? I'd like to, but uh, even though we're um, um, we've got the two hour delay, so I'm I'm technically going to be heading in uh, late to work tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm starting to feel my age, so yeah, I will uh, totally gracefully fine. bow out, even though I do have a few thoughts on this week's playoff action. But uh, I, I think there's a I think uh, 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 Tim and um, and Ken have everything covered uh, as far as that goes in you. So uh, I'll leave it to you guys. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, make sure you catch this week's episode of the Power Play Point podcast. It's it's me and C4 and. Um, a little more upbeat than the previous episode because the caps are generally doing better. Um, but you know, uh, I think the way they've been playing uh, recently, a uh, 500 ish hockey or slightly better is what you can expect. But uh, again, the most of these three games, they were in it and you know, they're, they're, that's what you can expect at least for the most part. So they're still going to be a fun team to watch. So keep your eye on them. And let's let's see if they hopefully improve and see where they go from there. So keep the faith. Yeah, sounds good. Well, I appreciate your chiming as always and helping me out. I did get it posted on all the pages. It was not as bad as I had feared. Uh, so I, I continue to keep my day job, which is always good. Um, <laughs> and um, But I appreciate you, Gil, um, as always. And I, I look forward to having you on next week. Absolutely. We'll be there. 
All right, sounds good. All right, with that, we'll uh, bring in Champ and uh, Tim, and uh, if we get a rune uh, in the future, we'll bring him along when he calls in. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to be able to break down some football with you guys. Let me uh, switch up my graphics. Um, and I think it's that one. That's the thing. Can you guys hear Zara? Or is it pretty? No, I, don't, I can't hear it. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone can. It's just me. Joys of hearing it as the dad. Um, you know, but I'm happy you guys don't hear, have to hear it. So that's good. Good that you can hear it, though. Somebody somebody should. Somebody should. Yeah, I know. But the problem is, is like, she just took too long of a nap in this piss. Like, there's not much I can do. Um, I hear her now. Yeah. Oh, you do? You hear that one? Yeah, I hear her. Yeah. Got better audio, probably. Yeah. Um... Anyway, let's get into some of this NFL action. Uh, it's still the same score, I believe, right? In, in uh, this football game, it was yeah. Yes. Philly punted just now, I think. Okay. By the way, breaking news came across the wire: the Atlanta Falcons interviewed Bill Belichick for their head coaching position. Yeah, there's been a lot of rumors that that was going to happen. Now there's talk that Dallas yeah. might be in, in on it. I think Dallas will possibly try. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they finesse that. How long uh, is this current coach's contract for for them? Was he one more season? But yeah. um, you know, one extra year isn't crazy to fire somebody. Yeah, for sure. I don't think the money is going to stop them if they want to get rid of them now. Yeah, for sure. And I, it's just it's so comedic to me that that coach is now three and zero for Green Bay. In, in his history. Uh, but yeah. The Cowboys all, all the Packers fans are like, no disrespect to Mike McCarthy. I'm like, well, yeah, because he always wins for you. But <laughs> right. I just can't believe someone was saying this stat that Green Bay has never lost in that stadium, not only in three games in the postseason, but all the games in the regular season, too, um, which is just yeah, crazy. It's not like um, it wasn't even really open during the Packers peak, I would say it was a little later than Rogers best years, but um, even this season, new quarterback still winning there. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, and who has love being so good? I just, well, I just happy they exploited the run game and, and that was like the pretty obvious weakness uh, for them. Um, but uh, they definitely watched you know, tape in those last couple of weeks that, um, yeah, they seem to be exposed. It was funny because I was going back through the film of our podcast last week, and we all did take Dallas in it. But, Tim, you had some interesting yeah. points that you were saying uh, about how the Rams have kind of exposed and opened up a playbook of what you could potentially do, you know, on the road in that statement or in that stadium. And I thought that they kind of followed that to a T. And it was funny because I was listening back to what I had to say, and I literally said some of the same things in the sense that, if this game was in Lambeau, I actually feel like Green Bay would crush them. But because there's been all this home-cooked officiating all season long, I thought that would continue in the postseason. Uh, but I thought that the officiating was actually pretty even in this game. Uh, and some of the results may have been you know, what we saw. So, um, But we'll, we'll get into that game uh, in a second. First, Ken, any uh, opening thoughts that you have on this week in general? 
a lot of blowouts I see, and it's like really surprising to see a lot of a lot of these blowouts and stuff like that. But we've had seen some very competitive games. Like we're seeing a competitive game right now with Tampa Bay and Philly. Uh, and we saw a competitive game with the Lions and the Rams, uh, but we've been seeing a lot of I've been seeing a lot of blowouts as well. So it's like crazy to see that. But I, I, I don't foresee divisional weekend playing out with blowouts. I think they're going to be a lot of a lot more competitive games in the divisional round than we see in the Super Wildcard weekend. Yeah, um, just it's kind of crazy. Um... You know, how these games went because some of them went about what I would expected, but other ones didn't. Um, let's start off with the Texans and the Browns. Um, you know, I, I thought that was just an interesting matchup, you know, with Flacco, um, you know, and the, the trading of the quarterback and you know, all that lead up and hype. I mean, the Texans were favored by like two and a half in that one, but it's like barely for a home team. And to just blow out the Browns that badly, and for Joe Flacco to play so terribly. Tim, what were some of your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I actually saw the Browns were favored by like one or two points in some betting, but it might have changed. Um, obviously, pretty close game, no matter how you you um, had the final line, the betters thought it was going to be close either way. I think... Flacco, those interceptions that he threw, obviously, you know, two pick six uh, plays basically in a row, that that kills you. You cannot win a game where you throw two pick six, like, period, especially two two drives in a row. So they were really out of it in the second quarter. Um, I thought the, the beginning of the game went to script. I mean, the Browns were actually moving the ball. Flacco looked pretty good. They they took the lead um, with, with a touchdown. But Houston's offense was really strong. I, I thought um, their quarterback played great. Stroud was great. The receivers really stepped up. They made a lot of explosive plays. And the Browns' defense was a huge letdown. That you know they were one of the top two ranked defenses the whole year. A lot of people thought they were the best, maybe in the whole league, and they just got gashed. I did not expect Houston to score so easily. Um, also, I think Houston has a good home crowd. I didn't really expect that. Um, cause you know, it's not like they get a lot of national games. You don't really see like their loud stadium. So that helped them. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're, uh, playing really confident football. They kind of came on late. So again, more failures for the Browns. You got to feel it for Cleveland. Cause this was like finally their year they thought. And, um, they hadn't won a playoff game since 1991 and st- still waiting. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I feel like they had a false sense of security because they had just beaten the Texans, but the Texans didn't have their quarterback. Yeah, badly. Um, yeah. And I think and that, yeah, I don't know. It just, I, I, I don't know. That I feel good, like they, though, I mean, they had this false sense of security where they just felt like they were going to do better, I think, than they really did, and they thought they had the playbook, but – Obviously, yeah. the playbook changes based on your quarterback, and um, they couldn't get ready for it. I mean, sure, there's tape, but it's obviously very different to play against it. And so uh, I thought they did a good job of changing up what they what didn't work the first time and moving to what really did, and um, I was just really surprised. Ken, what were some of your thoughts on it? 
the Flacco magic was gone in this game, clearly. I mean, he had a magical run to get this team to the playoffs after being sitting on the couch prior to being signed by Cleveland. And then next thing you know, they went from nowhere to being in the playoffs, but the magic had to fade, and it faded right here. C.J. Stroud went 16-21 to for 274 yards and three touchdowns and had a perfect passer rating of 157.2. He, pa- he completed passes to seven different pass catchers in this game. Clearly, the offense stepped up big, and the defense was great, too, as Tim alluded to, with the two pick sixes that they had it on back-to-back drives. That's just a recipe for being successful. And now C.J. Stroud is showing why he should have been the number one overall pick, but the chips fought, fell where, where they did. And right now he's now get him and his team are getting ready to go to Baltimore and play against the Ravens. Whereas, I mean, and I think that's going to be an interesting matchup uh, to, to say the very least, but CJ Stroud played very, very well. Yeah. Flacco had some, had a little something in here, but those two pick sixes were a really, really det- a real detriment to this team actually winning this game, and it turned out that they couldn't. They just got blown out. Yeah, um, I was just surprised it was so lopsided. I really thought it was going to be closer. Uh, to be totally honest, I thought these two teams were pretty evenly matched, uh, but just the the wheels kind of fell off, um, and it was just kind of consistent in the sense that like. They beat them by a little bit every single, you know, you know, quarter, and it just kind of grew over time. And then in the third quarter, it just kind of exploded uh, with that sort of the two interceptions within just a few minutes. I mean, because at that point, it was, you know, 14 to 24 at half. It wasn't, like, out of the realm for them to come back. But, um, yeah, 82-yard touchdown interception, and then right away, I mean, just a couple minutes later, a 36-yard, you know, pick six and suddenly it balloons from 24 to 14 to 38 to 14 uh, which is hard to come back from that situation uh and then they got an extra rushing touchdown there at the end and wait uh, did he get a safety no wait did he i think it's going to be a safety i think they just threw the flag for intentional grounding in the end zone yeah all right so He's pushed back. He's pushed back. I'm surprised he went that far back. Uh, yeah, that's a safety. I don't even think – I think he was down when he I think threw he was it. Down too. I don't even think they have to – Wow, look. that's going to be a big score, though. You know what is funny? That missed two-point two becomes really huge now because now it's a two-score game. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking I, that when, when he went for it, I was like, the tush-push is good, but everybody knows it. Like, you should probably just kick it here. And cut it to six because, like, cutting it to five is not to me, like, it's not a huge deal. I would just kick it. Yeah. Obviously, if you get it, you look good, but yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, how you're right, it may come back and haunt them. I was sort of surprised. I was like, that Ken had joined in on the chat talking about the tush push and how it didn't work. And it was a uh, it's an the interesting brotherly play. shove failed. It's yeah, it's a great it. play, yeah. If you have one guy jump over the top from the defense and he gets the quarterback, like at the point where he's gonna kind of jump forward, it's uh, it's possible to stop him like that. But yeah, that's it's wild. tough. You have to time it correctly. Uh, a nice run back there, almost to the forty yard line there on the the free kick. 
so they got the points for the safety for our people who might not be Americans that are listening around the world. Uh, so a safety, you get two, um, and uh, they have to kick it back off uh, to Tampa Bay again, uh, and Tampa Bay gets the ball. So it's a double negative. They get the ball, and they get points. So uh great result it's also kind of weird because you have to punt it so like you so usually you get good field position yeah yeah i'm like five seconds behind you robbie oh interesting uh yeah because i'm on you're probably already on the play after the punt off punt off or whatever you call it right free kick yeah free kick yeah yeah damn people they're the kickers are good at that now though yeah, they kicked it pretty far. They, like, boom it. Yeah. So I found that ESPN, I think, is, like, 10 seconds faster than ABC. Cause I was yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm on Ken's time. but Yeah, because yeah. I'm watching on ABC. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why that is a thing, but it is. And then there's, like, a third way it, to watch it. Isn't it? Um, It's because the networks are worried about, like, some nudity or something. That's I, They put some, a little delay. ESPN just probably lets it rip. Yeah, for sure. In case uh, someone runs out on the field. <laughs> so, ooh, that's a nice play right there. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I just oh, heard something. I heard, a, I heard a child. Hang on, those. those yeah, see, Tim, you heard it too, right? Or it's oh, an Eagles don't, fan. Don't, don't say next nothing, Robbie, because I'm still watching. They're showing play. They're showing. Players and coaches and stuff like that. I haven't seen a play as second and four. Yeah. What's, what's, right. what's about to happen here? I'll just say that it's a good thing for us. I'll let it, I'll let it play out for you guys. Oh, get shit on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it! Oh, you got it! <laughs> Yo, okay. We're going to talk about this game later, but I got to put this this out here. The secondary for the Eagles have been tackling like absolute babies. They can't tackle for crap tonight. Holy crap. That's the second time that a play went for over 40 yards because of poor tackling. Yeah, yeah. the first touchdown was terrible tackling, too. Oh, my God. They absolutely <laughs> got just what a cut, though. Just wrapped on. I love that cut. Just that step and then, you know. Just... Yeah, he was gone. It was gone, and that guy was. I love that off. Eagles fan in the uh, crowd too. <laughs> All right, we got a rune who's I think tuning in. Feel free to jump on in, uh, whatever you want to on on that. I wonder if a rune is on my time or even ahead of where I am, because. Uh, um, but uh, game's already over at his house. Somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <He's in the laughs> um, I want to hear a rune's thoughts on that Cleveland Texans game, though. That is. Yeah, that's true. Let's go. I mean, we haven't actually gotten into the next game, so it's still a good timing. Arun, um, quickly, what are your thoughts on the Browns-Texans game and then uh, your thoughts on uh, that last touchdown right there? Uh, yeah, the Browns had beaten the Texans earlier in the year, but there's a big difference between Case Keenum and C.J. Stroud, and it's tough to beat the team twice in a row at, um, at, his, at their home play, so I've I picked the Texans to win, but it was kind of like a toss-up game. It was more of a cop-out than being like it's an evenly matched game. But the Texans just kind of uh, destroyed the Browns. I heard some Browns complaining about the officiating. But either way, Flacco threw two pick-sixes back-to-back. So it looked like the Texans just were more like 
it's tough to beat a team twice in a row. They put up 30 plus points against the Texans. So they were kind of embarrassed and maybe the Browns defense isn't like all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, for sure. And then did you catch that touchdown that just happened right there? Uh, no, but I'm assuming the Eagles are getting destroyed. Like, yes, it was a 56 yard touchdown. I want to say, uh, yeah, it was 56 yards. <laughs> yes. Homie, homie caught the ball, took one cut, broke the tackle, and just took off. Yeah, yeah, it's it nice. Um, yeah, so that's a, a big. That's a big. I have some right uh, breaking news. Apparently, Tony Dungy said some anti Taylor Swift stuff during this game, and people are like getting really mad at him on social media. <laughs> I kind of love that. Yeah, I know. I'm Careful, seeing all Cam, these. Those Swifties are strong. I know. <laughs> he, he said, I, I, don't, I don't even know if it was that bad, but a lot of people are like saying that she's great for the NFL and stuff. Bullshit. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the NFL is doing fine. Uh, and I yeah, think it was doing fine Taylor Swift, I just don't feel like it needs to be talked about. Like, other people's spouses aren't covered as much, you know? Like, it doesn't. Yeah, and she's not even a spouse. So, um, anyway, speaking of game, that's actually a great segue. Let's just go with it. Uh, next game is Chiefs Dolphins, and um, yeah, I, I thought this game would also be closer, uh, but um, the the Chiefs scored in the first quarter, uh, then got a field goal in the second. Uh, then Miami came back and made it ten to seven, which I thought would make it closer, and then two field goals to end the first half made it 16 to seven and then they got a field goal in the third and then a touchdown um in the, in the fourth quarter there to pull away it was definitely a very cold game one of the coldest in history uh i'll start off with you tim what were some of your thoughts on uh, this game also people were complaining because it was on peacock and uh thank yeah. you for helping me on that so um but uh yeah, no problem but Tim, i used all somebody... three of my logins for sure <laughs> exactly i had to make choices but you made the cut <laughs> exactly yeah. I, was, I was in um but so i appreciate that uh but tim what are your thoughts on uh, on this matchup so i think most people going into this game probably thought miami would lose most likely because the cold because it was crazy cold but i think it was more than that i think it was more just Miami has been so beat up lately, especially on um, defense. They had some guys coming in off the street. I think they had signed Justin Houston off the street. He had not played for any team this year and is getting really old. And I saw him playing important plays. Uh, and he, uh, You know, so they really struggled, I think, um, to contain the Chiefs. On on defense, uh, obviously they didn't give give up a ton of points, but the Chiefs actually had a bunch of drops. Like Kelsey had three or four drops. Uh, he played okay, but I feel like the Chiefs were able to move the ball pretty easily, especially uh, passing the ball, and they were able to really control the clock. And Miami's offense just did not look good. They had one really nice touchdown to uh, Tyreek Hill, but Waddle didn't do a lot. You know, they were able to kind of contain Hill, too. And Tua did not look great. He had, I think, at least one interception. And they were their offense is just has been way less explosive for about a month now, scoring a lot less points. And 
Obviously, seven isn't going to get it done. Um, but I, I don't. I don't think Miami was its full its full strength. And normally, I think they would have played the Chiefs tougher. But you know, it's it's the Chiefs in in the playoffs. They had the Andy Reid icicle mustache. That was definitely good luck. And um, he he played. He called a good game, and um, th- their defense played really well. So they deserve to win. And Miami is going to be disappointed with this season. They blew the division. Um, they did not pl- play well this game, really. But um, I think they'll have that offense going for a while. So they could they could come back next year and be pretty good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'll go to uh, Ken. Your thoughts next on uh, this matchup. So to, to Tim's point, Tua did have an interception in this game. He went 20 of 39 for 199 yards. He did have a touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. Hill was the leading receiver, but only had five catches for 62 yards. While on the other side, um, Rashid Rice absolutely balled out in this game. Eight catches off of 12 targets for 130 yards and a touchdown. So he was definitely the leading receiver there for, the, for Kansas City. And clearly Kansas City, the Chiefs are used to this climate, it was a very cold game, and they were able to withstand this, this type of environment. Miami was not able to do so, and because of that, they, were, they weren't able to do anything. And this is coming off of them losing a game where they could have been, went from playing they they could have went to being a division champion but they lost so they were already coming in with no with little to no momentum and then they come into Kansas City against the defending champs and the defending champs in their own environment were able to do what they had to do to win this game they were able to grind it out and able to to do what they had to do to move on to the divisional round so basically Miami you know they they should not rest on their laurels as as Tim alluded to. Uh, they should build upon this. Tua had a very very promising year this year. I should know I had him as my starting fantasy quarterback all year, and he's put up big numbers uh, a lot of games. So I think that this offense, like Tim said, will be all right. They'll do well. Uh, Mostert had struggled running the ball. He only had thirty three yards on eight carries. So. Uh, but I think that they're going to be all right. But KC did what they had to do in the environment that they're used to in order to move on. Yeah, I, I don't. It's hard to know with this Kansas City team. They have the history. It'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting matchup. We'll get into next week's matchups in a in a little bit. But they, they've got a tough one coming up for sure. Arun, what are some of your thoughts on this one? Yeah, two was zero and four in sub forty degree temperatures coming into this game, and this. I didn't believe it was like minus, it was seven degrees Fahrenheit. So it was much colder than any game Tua has ever played in. And that's not just a Tua thing. That's like the whole Miami Dolphins. Like they'd look like kind of a step slow, like Patrick Mahomes was kind of running all over them. He, I think he had more rushing yards than like Miami did as a team, which is not great. And uh, like Mostert, eight carries for 33 yards is like okay, but Arshane, he'd only had six carries for nine yards. And um, I think Waddle not being a hundred percent probably. And even though Tyree kills had that great touchdown, like I think their second best receiver was Cedric Wilson jr. And he only had three receptions. So it's, the Dolphins were throwing the ball. The weather was pretty bad. Um, and there were injuries and probably some bad losses. Like I think they lost to the jets earlier in the year that probably would have given them home field. Miami seems to be one of those teams that 
uh, needs home field to move on in the playoffs, especially in this really cold weather. So, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're the defending champs for a reason. And uh, even though Kelsey had a couple of drop balls, Rice, um, he made up for it. He led the team in drop passes this season, but he looked like a Tyreek Hill replacement in this one. So good win for the Chiefs. Yeah, I uh, the Chiefs have been really down at some parts in this season. I kind of wondered how they would do against a team like Miami. I definitely think that it being so cold was a huge advantage for Kansas City. Um, just because Miami couldn't keep up with that. I do think if this was in Miami, it would have been a different story. Um, I really kind of feel that way. Um, but yeah. Chiefs hold on and they are able to win that game. And I feel like it looks more dominating 26-7 than I feel that it was. I thought it was a pretty close game for most of it. Um, but they just kind of pulled away towards the end. Uh, the next game was less close all the way through, which made me really happy. And I know Ken is so happy uh, to talk about this one. Let's break it down real fast with the scoring. Um, rushing touchdown to begin it for Green Bay over Dallas, 7 nothing, And then another rushing touchdown makes it 14 nothing. Then a pass makes it 20 nothing, but they missed the extra point. Um, and then an interception of Dak Prescott for a 64-yard touchdown made it 27 to nothing. Um, and unfortunately, uh, they did were able to score right at the end of the ha- uh, the first half to make it 27 to seven. They got kind of lucky on that one that a penalty was called and they got another opportunity. Uh, there, um, but uh, I was kind of hoping that they would get all the way to the end and be a little bit short, and the time would have run down. That would have just been a perfect half. But tw- I'll take twenty-seven-seven. Um, and uh, uh, the second half, they did score a field goal. They did have the ball in the opening drive on the second half, which I thought could be important. Green Bay won the coin toss and elected to receive, which is rare in the NFL. Uh, but they wanted to go out there and score early and often, and that, that worked for them. Uh, so I'm, I appreciate uh, them doing that. The risk is it gives the other team an opportunity to try to get back into the game. I thought it was huge that they held them to a field goal and not a touchdown. I think it was 27-14 to 14 there. Just the psyche is a little bit different. Um, uh, Green Bay was able to score another touchdown to go up 34-10. to 10. Uh, Then... Uh, the Cowboys scored a touchdown. They missed their extra point. Um, and then uh, Green Bay got a touchdown at the very end of the third quarter to make it 41-16. to Then they made it 48-16. to And then Dallas got two touchdowns in the last six minutes of the game to make it look closer than I really feel it was. This is kind of the opposite. The other box score, I was like, oh... That game looks like a lot more like a lopsided victory than I thought it really was. This, I think, should have looked more lopsided at the end with how bad they were being beaten throughout this game. Uh, and they kind of let them in it at the end a little bit. But they kind of also knew that they were going to need like three touchdowns, each with two-point conversions and onside kicks. The likelihood of getting all of it was is pretty low. Um I'm going to let Ken start because he's just so excited. Um, but Ken, uh, what were some of your thoughts on this game? This wine tastes really good, but you know what tastes even better? Cowboy fans' tears. That tastes <laughs> better. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. Now, 
Aaron Jones, they put up a stat during this game, and it's really stood out to me, and I brought it to you guys as well. I think I brought it to you guys. Aaron Jones, in a minimum of three games against the Cowboys, has the most pat, have most rushing yards per game against the Cowboys than two Hall of Famers, Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. Okay? Let that sink in for a minute. That Aaron Jones has more rushing yards per game against the Cowboys than two legends at the running back position. This game, he had 118 yards on 21 carries, a 5.6 average, and he had three touchdowns. He simply owned the Cowboys. And you know who else owned the Cowboys? Jordan Love. Before this season started, there were so many of these so-called pundits, so-called experts who were talking all this trash about Jordan Love and what he can and can't do and what this, that, and the third. Jordan Love is like the reincarnation of Brett Favre, and Brett Favre ain't even dead yet. The way he throws off his back foot the way Brett Favre does and throws dimes, dimes, you would think that Brett Favre had died and was reincarnated in Jordan Love. That's just how uncanny the resemblance is to the throwing style of Jordan Love on the on, on some of the passes that he had in this game. Dallas, one thing I, I've learned about Dallas, especially this season, They'll play crappy teams, like really bad teams, and beat the crap out of them. And their fans will eat it up and think that they're the best thing since sliced bread. But when they play an actual good team that'll give them competition, they fold. And that's what happened here. They played an actual, legit, good team at home, and they folded. They went out, they played scared, they played like they thought they, it was in the bag and it wasn't, and they got exposed. And I am so happy that they got exposed the way that they did, because good Lord, if they'd have made it to the divisional round, we'd never hit the end of it. So thank you to Green Bay for going down to, to Texas and exposing this poser team known as the Dallas Cowboys, okay? They went, packages absolutely played a complete football game. I can't forget about Romeo Dobbs, though. Six catches off of six targets. He caught every one of his targets for 151 yards and a touchdown. Absolutely a well-played game by this team. Yeah, I, I wanted to give a little update. I was trying to give a enough time down. to pass. Uh, but it was they were a fourth down opportunity for the Eagles. They kicked the field goal. They then a penalty was called against Tampa Bay, giving them a better shot at it. The Eagles have been the most successful fourth down team all season long. They go for it, but instead of going for it short to get the five yards, they go for the end zone and uh, good defensive play. And uh, yeah, got nothing for it. So turnover on downs there. Uh, so I'm watching an Eagles fan on another screen <laughs> who I follow and he's on delay. So I enjoyed watching it happen and then watching 10 seconds later, just <laughs> get very pissed for it. So, um, you know, it's, it's great. We got to talk about the Cowboys losing, uh, and the Eagles having horrible moments all at the same time, Ken. It's, it's a dream come true. Um, for us as Commanders fans. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I would be so happy if all of the NFC East teams are sitting on the couch after week one, and here we got uh, us with the second round you know, pick, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, all right, I'm going to let Tim, uh, you give your thoughts next on this matchup. I don't have a whole lot to add. Uh, it's great. 
like you're saying, the NFC East will, will be out in a, in a couple minutes here, it looks like. Um, if Tampa can close it out. Again, uh, not the same as you guys because you're Washington fans, but I, I also have a lot of annoying Cowboys fans in my life because of my job. It's it's in Arlington, Texas, so you know a lot of coworkers go to games, love the Cowboys. Were they convinced it was their year, Tim? Was it? Were they? Yeah, like I, I, because I went there t- twice during football season, so I had to hear all about it. Like you know, they set probably some records for home for playing just at home this year, and I had to hear about all of that um, and how they were like historically good and all this stuff. And I remember my my managers telling me that Prescott's better than Aikman because Aikman threw too many. Oh my god! And like all this stuff. So, um, yeah, it was just crazy because they're like pretty delusional. Like, um, you know, they're not the only fan base, but Sam, they... Tim, did you did did that guy get drug tested? <laughs> I'm being ser- I'm being so serious. Did he get drug tested? Because you, no, no, I mean, you, you have to be on drugs to think that no, you have to be on drugs to think that Dak Prescott is better than Troy Aikman. And I'm nowhere near a Cowboys fan, but even I know how great Troy Aikman was. Yeah, yeah that's 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 another. I'll, we'll save that for another show, maybe that debate. But that just illustrates how delusional they are. And um, yeah, I mean, I think they assumed like they would at least get to play San Francisco in the NFC championship. That was their lowest bar for a successful season. Yeah. And uh, two weeks before that. So. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, Arun, any final thoughts on this one? You're muted. Arun. Like drop. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. It worked out for the, Packers that they traded Aaron Rodgers like he only played four snaps this year and he's apparently going crazy this past week I guess he's making more news than Jordan Love but Love uh, had a better game than uh, Aaron Rodgers did in the do or die game in, like in the last couple of years last year the Packers could have made the playoffs if they won their last game against the Lions and the Lions I don't think they really had anything to play for other than just being a spoiler and the Packers lost so and this season, Jordan Love, he not only beat the Bears in a do-or-die game, but um, they just dominated the Cowboys on both ends in the first half. And uh, like Jack Prescott, he didn't have the back-to-back pick sixes, but um, they were <laughs> – he did throw a couple uh, interceptions that led to touchdowns. So I can't, like, completely blame the defense. It was, like, also self-inflicted wounds by the offense. Uh, C.D. Lamb celebrating on like a first down, a ten-yard play was kind of ridiculous when they're down by twenty points. He like pointed to like he did like his touchdown celebration after just a first down, and I, I think somebody talked to him because he didn't do that for the rest of the game. Uh, Jerry Jones was apparently crying after the loss. So the Cowboys, they might, they're probably going to hire a new head coach. Uh, Mike McCarthy um, was clearly didn't have this team ready to play. Uh, they had them like blowing out the commanders for some reason, like probably the Packers saw their playbook and were just able to expose it and had one of their best games of the season. I yelled ass a bunch of times when Dak threw that pick six, cause I was so happy in the show that he was ass. Yeah. It was just a ridiculous game. I couldn't believe it. It was such a laugher. I did not expect that at all. I thought it was going to be, 
closer game. I thought Dallas was going to win. I thought the the refs were going to you know do it in their favor. You know, shout out to the fact that they didn't have officials tampering this game. You know, which I <laughs> I can't say that for. I mean, I watched a lot of Dallas games. Today, a lot of questionable calls throughout this season. So. I do love the fact that they won all their regular season home games and the one home game they get, they lose. I, I think that that is just hilarious. Um, and just, we talked about it earlier in other segments, but the fact that they have beaten Green Bay, or Green Bay has beaten them every single time in that stadium, including three losses in the postseason, it's just remarkable to me uh, as a stat. And uh, yeah, it just... I don't know. The amount of memes made me so happy today. Um, it's just people seem to have like a backlog of the memes ready to go. And uh, just, um, you know, poor Scooter, you know, has to create, generate content. <laughs> negative. After, after like 25 years of losing, though, there's a lot of Cowboys failure memes that are just. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, first take was great. And just, you know, people were like giving live recaps of what. You know, they were saying, you know, with Skip and with all of them, you know, so it's just, you know, the fact is <laughs> these news programs make news because the Cowboys fail, which is hilarious to me. Um, uh, but uh, it is a great thing. I could talk about the Cowboys failing all night long, but I am going to continue on with some of the other games. Uh, but uh, the next one was actually, I think, one of the closest games, if not the closest game of the, the uh, playoffs so far. Um, you know, the Lions scored first over the Rams. The Rams came back and scored a field goal. The Lions and scored another touchdown. The Rams came back and, you know, got it to a four point game. The Lions got another touchdown, you know, extended it to 11. Uh, and then a, a touchdown for the Rams, cut it back to a four point game going into the second half. Um, they were able, to, the Lions were able to kick a 50 yard, four yard field goal uh, to make it up 24 to 17. And then the Rams got a field goal to cut it back down to four again. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the, another field goal in the fourth quarter by the Rams, uh, you know, um, gets it within one, uh, but not quite enough. There was still 8-13 left at that time. Uh, and it looked like the Rams were maybe going to come back, uh, but the Lions were able to hold on. And just a really exciting moment for Detroit fans. And uh, Eminem was there. And, you know, they've had they got a home game and they got a win. And just a really good feel good, good story. So I'm happy for the Lions that they didn't do all this. And I'm kind of happy that the Lions, like, lost that game to the Cowboys because then they fell to a different spot. Because that's the last thing I'll say about the Cowboys. They're the first seven or first two seed to lose to a seven seed in the history of the sport. Now I know that the seventh seed hasn't been around very long, but by definition, it's the lowest seed to advance in the history of the sport. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy that the Rams fell or the lions fell to the Rams instead of having to play them. So I think green Bay was like the perfect team to play Dallas. Uh, and so all the stars kind of aligned, and uh, just really happy for the Lions. But, Tim, I'll start with you. What were some of your thoughts on this game? I agree. I'm happy for Detroit uh, Lions fans. They definitely sh- uh, showed out in this game. And it's it's partially because the Rams don't have a ton of fans that will travel. So it was, you know, 95% loud Lions fans. Also, the storylines of this game were great. The first playoff game where the two quarterbacks – went back, you know, to play the team that they were traded from. 
So it was almost like too good of a story. Like the NFL fixed the matchups. It was like too perfect to have that storyline. And so both quarterbacks kind of had a revenge game um, going, but obviously uh, Goff got the win. You know, he's the one with the, without the championship, but a big, a big chip on his shoulder. Plus they, they were showing the, the graphic during the game. Um, the Lions turn the Stafford uh, trade into like six players that all start. So there's a lot of guys that can say, you know, I was traded for Stafford. I want to beat them on the Lions roster. And they played very physical, um, played really well. Uh, I thought, I think the Rams had a great season, you know, just to get to this point is impressive. They'll probably be um, pretty good next year as well. But the Lions uh, deserve that second home game that they're going to get. And I guess Eminem will go again. But like you said, I mean, the seating doesn't matter because they're still going to get that second home game. And I think their bracket is great because I think them against Tampa is a good matchup for them. Really for anybody. No offense to Tampa, but I do think they can definitely win that game. Yeah. Um... All right, so Champ, I want you to give your thoughts next, and then when you're done, throw it to Arun. I'm going to get a new glass of water, but I'll be right back. But I'm still listening in my ear. All right. All right. Um, so I know that the one of the big stories is that Detroit, this is their first playoff win at home since 1991 when I was like eight years old and stuff like that. So that shows you how old I am. But another big story out of this one was Puka. Puka set a new record for most receiving yards by a rookie in a playoff game, 181 yards on nine catches off of 10 targets. And he also had a touchdown pass. He averaged 20.1 yards per catch. So clearly Puka was a big part of why Los Angeles was still in this game despite falling short. Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit in a playoff game went for 367 yards and two touchdowns with no picks. He went 25 for 36. So he balled out. Jared Goff had played well as well. He was very much, he was very pretty, pretty accurate. Uh, back there with 22 or 27 for 277 yards and a touchdown, though he did get sacked three times. Um, Amron St. Brown, he was he was pretty solid as well. He had nine targets and caught seven of those nine targets for 110 yards. He didn't catch a touchdown, though, uh, but he he played well as well. So this is one of the more competitive games of the weekend between these two teams. It was uh, a Sunday night game and they absolutely brought it and Detroit can rejoice in the fact that they won a playoff game for the first time in over 30 in, in 33 years. Uh, and now they have a chance to possibly win a second playoff game at home uh, against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week. Uh, they got all the momentum, but Tampa's also got all the momentum as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that matchup plays out. But Detroit really looked looked really good in this game, but so did Los Angeles in what was a very, very competitive but tough loss for Los Angeles. Now, Arun, I toss it over to you. What did you think? about this very, very competitive game between Los Angeles and Detroit. Yeah, I thought this game, um, I thought the Rams before this game, I thought they were going to win, but then it turned out that the Lions, they got Sam Laporta back. So that was a weapon that I thought they didn't have. But even then, the 
the Lions kind of ran all over the Rams in the first half. But in the second half, the Rams um, managed to only held the Lions to three points after giving up 21 points in the first half. Um, but the the Rams, they their problem was that they got to the red zone. Uh, they were 0 for 3 in the red zone, whereas the Lions were um, 3 for 3 getting touchdowns. Um, maybe there was a missed call on one of those drives that looked like Puka might have been held. Uh, but I feel like the Rams kind of dug themselves in too big of a hole. Uh, they didn't really seem – normally teams are running ball better in the second half, not on the first half. Um, they also missed Kyron Williams in the second half. He left the game in the fourth quarter with an injury. Um, but all in all, the Rams can just also just point at themselves. They um, put a chance to get the ball back. They gave up a first down to Armand St. Brown. And Josh Reynolds, he had five catches for 80 yards. And Cooper Cup, he had five catches for 27 yards. That's probably the big difference. Like Cooper Cup, uh, the Super Bowl MVP a couple of years ago, he was a non-factor even though Puka had an amazing game, um, the Lions were able to just do enough um, at home. And I also thought it was interesting that Raheem Morris was a defensive coordinator of the Rams and um, Ben Johnson was the coordinator, the offensive coordinator of the Lions that are going head-to-head. In the first half, you could say Ben Johnson got the better um, of, of the Rams' defense and Raheem Morris, um, he kind of made really good adjustments in the second half, so... It'll be interesting to see which of these candidates the commanders consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting. We're going to have uh, Dujanay on next week to talk about our general manager. I know he's has his um, first uh, press conference, I believe, tomorrow. Um, so we're going to have some more news coming out of that. And I, I'm hoping that they announce a new coach within the next week or so. Cause I, I would have, I really wanted to talk about both of those with him, so that's why we're kind of holding off a week, and I thought we'd give him the week off for MLK, and uh, and uh, next week we'll talk about some of the other you know, playoff stuff um, uh, as well. Um, all right. I, we do have, I've been chatting here uh, while I was getting my water uh, with Big Bill Hendo, who's in chat, uh, who's a musician actually from Texas, and I kind of just assumed – uh, because he's from Texas that he would root for either the Cowboys or Houston, but he's actually a Green Bay fan from Texas. So I, I think <laughs> he's uh, he's going to be happy uh, right now. Uh, so, um, yeah. I'm By sure. the way, quick update. There's been an in- a serious injury that's happened during the uh, Bucks eagles game. The uh, players being carted out. They said he tried to walk off on his own power with assistance, and he went back down. So, uh, they're bringing out the cart to take him out. He got bent backwards on a tackle. It looked, it didn't look very good. So, uh, sending out prayers to to the injured uh, eagle player. Oh, it was an eagle player. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. Thank you for letting me know. I was out in the other room. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, so far the Eagles are 0 for 8 on third down. Uh, Tampa Bay is 5 for 12 on third down conversions. The big re- part of the reason they're up 25 to 9. Uh, it's crazy that a team is hosting another team even though they have two less wins. Um, and uh, yeah, just like that. I well, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> I have friends uh, that are watching. Um, but I will Something great just happened in, in 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 that. So I'll let you guys watch that. I don't know um, where you are, but uh, I'm already assuming the Eagles lost, so that's great enough. 
Yeah, it is great enough, but this is kind of the final nail in the coffin. Uh, I think I'm in the same timeline as you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he threw that off his back foot with someone in his face, and Goodwin caught it. What the? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just go home, Philly. Just go home. Just go home. Go get. get just get. Oh, I'm just watching this Eagles fan on this other feed. Anyway, shout out to Al Mal Music. He's a rapper. He's a big time Eagles fan. He lives in Texas. But oh, he's watching his face over here. Chris Godwin caught that. Baker Mayfield just threw that up, and he somehow caught it. That's crazy. Yeah, Eagles fans put up to put the bag on their head. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, they're so excited. Um. <laughs> I love the celebration. Everything about this. this has been the perfect weekend, you know, of football for at least from my point of view. You know, um, the Ravens didn't have to play get or get injured. You know, they they get a little bit of time there, right? Um, every game pretty much goes. You know, the Browns get knocked out. I don't really care about the Chiefs, you know, Dolphins, but I'm fine if Taylor Swift gets to stay around for another week. Um, you know, we get the Cowboys getting destroyed. Um, and the Lions Rams, a game that was touted to be this great game, got to actually be a great game. Um, and then uh, that kind of leads into the next one, which is this Bills Steelers game. Uh, so uh, was, this game gets moved because there's a blizzard, uh, a lot of snow. I can't believe. Um, how good that stadium looked today, you know, with everything that they had to endure the last, you know, two or three days. Uh, Liz was shocked because it, it didn't look scratched up at all. I mean, obviously they had to tarp the hell out of that thing to make that work, but like kudos to their ground crew for making it look that good after all that they had just gone through. Um, and yeah, it was, um, the, the Bills' win probability was pretty high the entire game. Um, it wasn't uh, – the final score is 17-31, to 31, but I don't even think it's really that close. Uh, Buffalo scores uh, the first touchdown, and Josh Allen a passing one, uh, a second passing touchdown, uh, four minutes, 15 seconds left in the first to go up 14-0. A rushing touchdown for 52 yards, one of the largest rushing um, – touchdowns uh, by yardage in the history of the NFL playoffs, right? Which you think about all the great rushing quarterbacks in history uh, for Josh Allen to now be like top three, I think it was uh, in the history. Um, anyway, up 21, nothing all the way before with less than two minutes left in, in the uh, first half. Uh, Pittsburgh finally gets on the board and makes it a, uh, a 10 yard touchdown pass, makes it 21 to seven. They did kick a field goal, a 40-yard field goal, to cut it to 21-10. And then uh, Buffalo got a field goal of their own to make it 24-10. Rudolph did get a touchdown to make it 24-17 to cut it to a seven-point game. Uh, But Josh Allen uh, got a touchdown of his own to end it to make it 31-17 there. Um, Ken, I'll start with you. What are some of your thoughts on this one? I'm sorry. (laughs) Fucking Aru put two tweets in our group chat. A fucking Jay Groot would say he apologized if he ever put a quarterback through what the Phillies put through Jalen Rose, Jalen Hurts through, and RG three replied to us say, "Say what?" 
I can't. I just can't be ex. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. So I watched this game, and I mean, Josh Allen and Buffalo just had their way with with Pittsburgh and their defense. And everybody knows anybody who's been watching football as long as I have knows that Pittsburgh is always known for their defense. They've been always – that's what they're known as the steel curtain. They're always known for their defense. But today, that defense had no answer for Josh Allen. The fact that his first two touchdowns were to two different tight ends on dimes was was a, a big indicator of how they were this, – this defense was not prepared for what they had to deal with. Obviously, uh, Josh Allen had a really good game. He only he only had 203 yards uh, passing, but he had three touchdowns and he went 21 to 30. Uh, Cook had 79 yards rushing on the ground. Uh, the tight, like I said, the tight ends had their way with this team. Uh, Mason Rudolph struggled going 22 or 39 for 229 yards. He did have two touchdown passes, but he did have an interception. Uh, he did get sacked uh, and it was just. You know, Buffalo was in their element. And I think one of the things that I loved about this game was there was still snow in the stands. And every time Buffalo uh, scored a touchdown, they just threw snow up in the air. That rushing touchdown that Josh Allen had where he broke like 50-11 tackles, that was ridiculous. That also showed me that this defense was not prepared. The fact that they couldn't take Josh Allen down on a a not really designed run play. It was a scramble play. And – he ended up running, rushing it in for a touchdown uh, to uh, to really open this game, blow this game wide open. Buffalo really wanted this win. They were coming off a win to win the division against Miami the week prior, and they showed why they still had the momentum, and they were able to take out Buff, uh, Pittsburgh. And on a side note, uh, Coach uh, – Coach Tomlin was asked during the presser after the game about his future with the team. He didn't even say a word. He walked off. He literally, like, looked, looked around, and it just took a walk. He didn't say nothing. Just left. Just walked out. So be interesting to see what his future lies with this team. He's been able to go his entire coaching tenure with this team without having a losing season, but he hasn't won a playoff game in five straight seasons. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when he has he has one more year left on his contract. So that's something to keep an eye on because Pittsburgh is not known to like go through coaches like anybody else. Tom is only the, I think third or fourth head coach in Pittsburgh Steelers history. So I'll be interested to see if he stays for another uh, 18 season or if he's gone and they got to go get another coach. Yeah. Um, got to give a shout out to Troy. Who's checking us out on Facebook. He also sometimes checks us out on Twitch. Uh, he was saying it was Darius Slay who was injured, but also the press conference is at 2 PM tomorrow. And he was also glad that Dallas lost. So shout out to people checking us out on Facebook uh, today. Also in chat, both on Twitch and on Facebook have given uh, a runes to a uh, Twitter links. Um, and uh, I'm actually going to catch a Pokemon right now on Twitch as well. Um, but yeah, it, it, hilarious. Uh, Ch- Coach Jay Gruden's comment and RG3's response. Gotta love X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it this week, but uh, uh, there is there's some value still on it, I guess. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and welcome to chat around <laughs> over there. Yeah, so they're up 32 to 9 in this game. We're going to uh, assume that they're going to win this one with 2.30 left. And we're going to talk about um, 
Or wait, Arun, did you give your thoughts on uh, the Steelers Bills game? Uh, no, but I don't really have anything to say <laughs> about it. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, all right, so this Eagles. Tim didn't give his thought either. What? Tim didn't give his thoughts either. Oh yeah, Tim, do you have any? Oh yeah, I mean you hate Pittsburgh. Give your thoughts. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Tomlin is probably going to leave just based on him just walking out, like Ken was saying. But, I mean, the Steelers didn't really belong in the playoffs. I think it really was just great coaching, and they had that little run with Rudolph at the end of the year. But they were just never – like you said, they were never in the game. They were down 21 to nothing, and um, they didn't have Watt today, so that hurt them a lot. But I kind of like the snow game because um, – yeah, celebrating with the snow was cool. And I think it was funny that they paid the fans to, like, help shovel. It seems yeah. like a simple solution, but it worked. So, good yeah. good for Buffalo. Yeah, I, I like it as well. Um, yeah, I was just so happy that Buffalo won. Uh, I, I definitely think it would have been a huge advantage for the Steelers if they had been forced to play in the snow, you know, somehow. Like, I, I, I definitely think with their running game and uh i don't know i just think that it would have been a very different matchup i think buffalo definitely took a major advantage by having it delayed a couple of days and um so yeah um i was happy to see that it looks like all the nfc east teams are out and it looks like all the afc north teams other than the ravens are out uh which is what i like to see um over the course of this week, uh, I'm going to assume that the Buccaneers are going to win this game, and we're going to talk about the upcoming games uh, with that sort of in mind. Um, the, uh, I guess, so one of the games hasn't been written out yet, but I'm just going to look at the bracket. So, uh, Baltimore going to be Detroit. It's going to be Detroit, Tampa Bay. Detroit, yeah. Tampa Bay is going to be the other game that's going to be decided. Yeah. Everything yeah, else is going to be decided except that one. That'll yeah. be Sunday. Sunday or the early game. Yeah, it'll be Sunday at three thirty. Yes, perfect. All right, so let's go through them. Uh, we'll start with the uh, Baltimore Houston game. Um, uh, this game will be at Baltimore on Saturday at four thirty. Uh, Tim, I'll start off with you. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on that one? Well, I will say I just saw the lines for the divisional games. The Ravens are favored by nine and a half points which I think is a little high to be pers- uh to be honest. I think the Ravens will win. Um they have a lot of advantages like defense and experience and coaching probably. Uh but you know Stroud is is a great quarterback. I think Houston could definitely win um if the Ravens don't play well and you know you have to worry about the classic uh one seed trap game. I think the one seed loses like 40% of the time. So, you know, the Ravens have lost in that position and many teams have, you can't, you can't take the game lightly. Uh, but I will, I will pick the Ravens. Um, Cause I just think they're the better team and uh, we'll have a good home advantage. Uh, the other thing is I think obviously if Pittsburgh had won today and played in Baltimore, I think they would have a lot more fans than Houston will have. Uh, so that'll, that'll help the Ravens too. So I'll pick them, but um, I'm not like one of those gung-ho fans that's like saying blowout or it's an an easy win or anything. 
Right. Uh, Ken, what are your thoughts on this one? I have I have to agree with Tim here. Like Houston did show up and show out uh, on Wildcard Weekend. CJ Stroud showed up and showed out, but this is a different animal going into Baltimore. Uh, that's a rabbit fan base. That stadium is going to be rocking and rolling. Plus, it's going to be outdoors. I want to see how CJ Stroud plays outdoors when it's under 50 degrees because I know it's going to be a chilly day, a chilly day in Baltimore because it's been chilly up here in the DMV for the last couple of days. So I know it's going to be chilly there. I want to see how CJ Stroud performs in a cold weather game. And if he can stand up to the challenge of a very tough defense and a very, very tough environment in Baltimore, I nothing against the kid. I don't think he has the chops for it. I think Baltimore wins this one, but I feel like this is going to be a shootout because Lamar Jackson and CJ Stroud, both of them are very, very good quarterbacks. They're going to be slinging it all over the, all over the field. It's going to be a lot of points scored. I think this is going to be a shootout here, but I think Baltimore is the one that state that will be standing tall in this shootout. Yeah. One thing to go back to what you're just saying there about how cold it was. I hadn't even checked it out. The high of the day right now. I mean, obviously weather in the DMV changes quite drastically. It's currently having a snowstorm right now. Uh, but the low of the day is 16 and the high is 25. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, I got an alert while we, I got an alert while we were talking that it's a winter storm warning in effect right now because there's more snow coming overnight. So yeah, there you go. Yeah crazy and this is gonna be a really cold game like colder than i would have expected you know so uh i'll be interested to see how that definitely plays into a texas team coming up here um because it's to be even colder than most of the ravens games have been so it's not it's even yeah yeah and i i think wind actually might favor the ravens because if the passing game is tough they'll probably just pound pound the run game and I think the the Texans need to be able to pass to win because uh, they're more – they can run, but they're not, like, dominant on the run. Yeah. Uh, Arun, what are some of your thoughts on this one? Yeah, the Ravens and Texans, they played earlier in the season. The Ravens won 26-7, although it was, like, 7-6 to six at halftime. So, like, the Texans' defense kind of limited Lamar Jackson, but the – uh, Ravens completely shut down C.J. Stroud, um, but the Texans are a much better team, even with a couple injuries, and they were probably in Week One. They've kind of like, especially C.J. Stroud's like developed into more of a clutch player. But it's going to be tough for the Texans to win, probably because it, the Ravens do have a bye, and as you all mentioned, like not even the weather, but just like the Ravens have a really good home field. Um, Lamar is one and three in the playoffs, but I think he'll probably get a second win in postseason play yeah it's interesting that you mentioned that because i wonder how often the same first team that you see in the regular season is in the same location and you see them as your first game in the postseason right like that's kind of really like random it's, uh, right? six, 60 degrees colder though i i, <laughs> I feel like there was like hot that day yeah, exactly. So, like, but that's nuts when you think about it. September 10th on a Sunday, it was in Baltimore against Houston, and then you got January 20th against that same uh, Houston team, uh, and uh, Arun was right. It was 25-9, to 9, but it was a close first half, and the Ravens did pull away uh, there in the third quarter. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, um, a couple of field goals there in the fourth. But, yeah, it's it'll be an interesting rematch for sure. Uh, we always talk it was about 78 degrees. It was 78 degrees when they played in September. Oh, yeah. So there it's going to go. be at least 30 or 40 degrees colder than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's going to be 20s, right? Yeah, it's in the 20s, yeah. 25. So 78 to 25. So, yeah, it, it's a lot. So it's 53 degrees colder. So. <laughs> Not uh, Kansas City, though, or Buffalo, but. Yeah, but still. But, uh, but yeah, it's way way worse than a dome. Um, welcome in, Hez, uh, joining us. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be an interesting matchup. Arun, any final thoughts before we move on? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Um, all right, let me pull back the graphic. Um, I'm gonna go back to the the regular graphic. Now uh, we're going to talk about the other side of the AFC bracket, which is Kansas city and Buffalo. Um, you know, two cold weather teams that had to play in the cold and, and, you know, had to deal with snowy conditions. This game will be back in Buffalo. Um, Six 30 is the afternoon game on the Sunday. Uh, I'll start off with Ken on this one. What are your thoughts on Kansas city going to Buffalo? We we have seen these two teams play against each other in the playoffs in the last couple of years, and it's always gone the way of KC. I feel like this is the year Buffalo finally gets it right against them. It's in Buffalo. KC has been playing shaky, though they did get a victory, uh, a double-digit victory over Miami. I still think it's they're, they're still shaky enough that I think but Buffalo can get it done. Buffalo looked absolutely amazing, looked absolutely good against Pittsburgh today or Monday. And I think that they're going to carry that momentum into this game. And I think they're going to get it. Uh, uh, they're going to get catch Patrick Mahomes and them slipping. And I think they're going to do good, good work here. The only way KC can possibly win this game, they definitely have to stop Cook in the running game. And they definitely have to be very cognizant of not only Stefan Diggs, but those, but their two tight ends for Buffalo because both of those tight ends were man, managed to get touchdown passes in this uh, Pittsburgh game. So they are going to have to really do that in order to 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 win this one. But I feel like this is the one that Buffalo will win. They haven't been able to beat KC in the playoffs. I think this is the year they do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how how that happens. Sorry, I was just seeing the face of the Eagles fan as the final moments there, um, uh, there in this game. So I'm, I'm just so happy right now. I'm just this couldn't have gone any better. Um, uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on this Kansas City Buffalo game? No, I'm I'm with the 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 odd setters. I guess I'm with 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 Ken too. Uh, they have Buffalo favored by two and a half points, which basically means these teams are even, and that's, that's the home advantage for Buffalo. And I'm going to go with that as well, because I, these, and I think it's going to be a great game because these teams have played a couple of great, uh, head to head matchups in the playoffs, but Mahomes and playing in Kansas city has always been the, the difference. I think, um, I think just the Bills got hot at the right time. 
I think they'll win a close game. Um, I think Allen will just be great again, like he was today. And um, they'll probably pull it out. You know, nobody can be shocked if Kansas City wins, but I just think um, Buffalo at home uh, should be able to win like a, a one score game. Yeah, I kind of, I have it kind of going the same way. How do you have it, Arun? Um, I'm not sure because, like, even that last game they played in Kansas City, like, it was like interesting that that actually kind of decided home field. That weird call that, like, he was off sides. Um, it was the right call, but I don't think there's like a lot separating either of these teams. So, I think this game's like a toss up. I just might take the points with KC, but I don't even know who's gonna win. Yeah. I mean, it's not a lot of points. I, I understand betting on KC for sure. Um, it's it's a tough one. I, I do love the history of them, but at some point, like, there's do theory also. Like, Buffalo's got to win one of these matchups. Um, it's, they did win in the regular season, but I guess, yeah, postseason. But like the one, yeah, the playoff one. But I agree, which gives me some hope that they know that it's possible, you know, but at the same time, and they've had some really, this is what Tim was talking about earlier. There's been a lot of great matchups between these two teams over the last five years. Um, and uh, it's been interesting. Uh, it's kind of become a little bit of a rivalry here. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see it again uh, in the playoffs uh, for sure. Um, let's switch over to the NFC bracket. So the Saturday night game, uh, we already talked about the Saturday afternoon game, it's going to be um, a really good one. Uh, that Green Bay San Francisco uh, matchup. Uh, I, I still think San Francisco is going to beat Green Bay, but Green Bay is a scrappy team, and I don't think you can count them out, especially after what they were able to do going on the road. And then now they know that they're kind of road warriors, and they're playing with house money. No one expects them to win both of them. Uh, but Ken, what are your thoughts on uh, this matchup? This is a classic classic rivalry a lot of people may not know this who may have not watched football as long as i have this is a classic rivalry of the packers and the 49ers these guys have had scraps especially in the playoffs um uh, the 49ers have played very well this season they finished the season 12 and 5 they're the top seed in the nfc but they cannot rest on their laurels here especially against the green bay team that went into dallas and absolutely whooped their asses so they really are coming in here with a lot of momentum and they're really coming in here with a lot of firepower um Jordan Love is like playing out of his mind. Uh, Brock Purdy is just showing that even though he was Mr. Irrelevant last year, he's still a very talented quarterback. So this is going to be another game here that's going to be very, very interesting to watch. If I had to pick who would win this one, and I wish I had my soundboard for this one, I think Green Bay upsets San Francisco here. Hmm. I really do. I really think Green Bay upsets San Francisco only because of the fact that Jordan Love has absolutely been just pinpoint on the money with, with his game, and he showed it against Dallas in a tough environment. San Francisco's not that much of a tough environment in terms of a, of a road game, and San Francisco's played well, but I really think Green Bay can pull this one out. So I'm going to go with Green Bay on this one. Yeah, we've seen Green Bay on the road here in Washington in 2012, you know, be a good road team. Um, 
I I think that's kind of a smart pick, especially because they're giving uh, San Francisco ten, which I you know maybe I could see San Francisco winning by like a touchdown, but I know that they're a seven seed in Green Bay, so it's easy to pick against them. But the fact that they had to go into a hostile environment, and then even though the uh, they they kind of put that ass whipping out there, they still had to hold on at the end. And I think they know that they can't just rest on their laurels, and they came out strong. There's a lot to really like about a team that's gotten to play a tough game like that in the first week on the road versus a team that's been sitting back and waiting, right? By by the way, the last time that Green Bay and San Francisco faced each other, January 22nd of 2022, San Fran only won by three. Yeah. So I think 10 points, you know, I'd be interested to see if it might be closer than that because they're just not a typical seven seed. I, I just, I feel that. Um I think that that division was very tough this year. Um, and yes, there has been some ups and downs for Green Bay, of, for sure. With you know, I mean, they basically have a a, be- a little better than five hundred record. But uh, I think that they're a better team than their record looks at, or at least they're kind of rounded into form at the right time. But Tim, what are some of your thoughts? I kind of feel similar to um, this game and the Ravens game, just with the lines being. Um, like 10 points, nine points. I think it's a, a, like a little high, like you're saying it should be closer to seven maybe, but I do like San Francisco just because I think Purdy obviously last year had success winning some playoff games and San Francisco has been there and won a lot of playoff games lately. I think they know what it takes to um get through the divisional round and with the Eagles and the Cowboys out now to me, the NFC is very open and um, I could see San Francisco losing, but I'll still pick them because I just think they're the better team and they're not like, you know, a very young team, like first time in the playoffs or something. So I, I still have some of the games on in the background and I was looking at a statistic that they were just showing. So the Eagles were like the best team at third down conversion, like all season, almost 48%, which is really good. Uh, They converted zero tonight. So um, that is mind blowing. And a huge reason that they lost that game because they just can't keep drives going. That's why they couldn't get into double digits and scoring. Uh, So yeah, anyway, the Buccaneers won that game 32 to nine. If anybody is tuning in late, uh, for that one, but um, Arun, uh, your thoughts on uh, this matchup? Uh, yeah, like as Ken pointed out, that last time they played in the playoffs was thirteen to ten. But uh, the big difference will be that the that game was in Green Bay, where it was fourteen degrees, and this game will be in California with much warmer weather. So that'll probably help both teams. And I think they just got Christian. They gotten Christian McCaffrey since then, so. The 49ers, I think their defense is probably what separates them from the Cowboys. I don't think the uh, Cowboys defense has been good as the 49ers defense, especially since Diggs went down. So uh, I think the the spread might be a little bit high, but that's to be expected, especially since uh, the 49ers had an off week and it's only this game's on Saturday night. So it's even a short week for the Packers. So I think the 49ers, I'd be a little bit surprised if they won, but I kind of want the Packers to win. It'd be kind of funny if Jordan Love could beat the 49ers while Aaron Rodgers couldn't, but 
uh, right now I'm expecting a 49ers win. So I just watched a heartwarming moment where McCollum's uh, were exchanging jerseys after that game. I didn't realize that they each played for the other team. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, the uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, to see, I I I can see why people think San Francisco is going to win. They've played well, but there was a couple of moments down the stretch here um in the regular season that kind of gives me hesitancy and having that week off i don't know sometimes that helps a team and sometimes it hurts them so it's going to be interesting i think the key here is if green bay can start off fast both on offense score on their first drive but also stop at san francisco on you know, opening drive and keep the crowd a little bit out of it i think that will uh i think that's what they did against dallas and i think it helped them a lot i think if you keep San Francisco in it and San Francisco is getting a lot of explosive plays, I think it could run away from them. So like, I think that's really the key is to really start strong. And maybe that was a good play to win the coin toss and like take it to them early. Um, and uh, so that will be interesting. The last game is the Detroit Tampa Bay game. Um, Tampa Bay game team is kind of scrappy. Uh, they are going to be going to Detroit. Uh, I still think, my gut feeling is I think Detroit continues their success against Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay not having their home crowd behind them anymore. Uh, I think that was a big part of this game. Um, you know, I was talking about before about I think that Tampa Bay should get in because they won a division, but maybe Philly should get home field because they have a better record in the future. You know, look into some of that sort of stuff because um, the home field made a huge difference in this, uh, essentially in this game. And I think this game would have been different in Philly. Um, and I, I'll be curious to see if it makes a difference in this Lions game. Uh, I'll start off with you, Tim. What are your thoughts on the Lions um, and Tampa Bay? I, I also think the Lions will take this game. Uh, the Bucks have a similar thing going, like with the Packers, where they don't have a lot to lose now. They weren't even a short thing to win the division till like, the very last week. Um they needed a couple things to happen for them. So uh, they're going to be playing very loose, I think. It's just, like you said, Detroit's crowd was strong. They're going to – I don't think uh, there's going to be a big Bucks contingent there. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think they're going to have a, a very loud advantage. And I think Detroit is just a better team. Yes, they struggled a little bit um, towards the end of the year, but – they they just played well the entire season and um have a better record and I, I think they deserve this home game and they'll probably win by like one or two scores. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think of all the teams that have got to be excited right now, the Lions, you know, going into the playoffs, it was kind of a, a tough um I think it would have been tough for them to have to play the Eagles and the Cowboys. I, I just don't think that they particularly match up great against them. And now that those two teams are knocked out, I think it sets a stage for the Lions to do much better. Um, and it's kind of it's my feeling on how watching them play each other this year. Um, you know, the, the, I mean, the Cowboys-Lions game was very close, obviously. Uh, but... Um, I don't know. I, I just think that it worked out well for them. Uh, Ken, what are, what are some of your thoughts? It's time to bring up recency bias here. 
Detroit beat Tampa Bay this season 20 to 6 in Tampa Bay in week six. Jared Goff went off for 353 yards and two touchdowns to beat them. I think that that's going to be a big key for Detroit because now they're at home. And Detroit has already shown that they're going to show up for this playoff game. They did that for L.A., for the L.A. game. I think they're going to do it here. And I think Tampa Bay is in trouble here. I think Detroit wins this one. I don't think they're going to win it big because Baker Mayfield had a really good game tonight. And he's really starting to show up. and He's really starting to get into a stride. But I really think that this is it's going to be a bit, a bit of a closer game, but I think Detroit wins this game here to get to the NFC Championship game, and then they'll be waiting to see if they're going to be hosting the NFC Championship game or if they're going to be heading to San Francisco for the NFC Championship game. But I honestly think Detroit is going to be in their first NFC Championship game in a very long time. Yeah, right now Detroit's favored by six, which seems about right Um, you know, uh, on the, the early – uh, very early lines uh, since it just dropped. Uh, but um, I think that that line will also move. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but it'll be interesting to see going forward. Arun, what are some of your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's, it's like uh, the Bucks are actually better on the road than at home, but not much better. But I think Detroit is kind of a bad matchup for them. Like just the pass rush and the crowd noise was – kind of a factor in the first half of the the Lions in the Lions Rams game, but I it wouldn't really surprise me if the Bucks won because Mike Evans is having a really good year, but I'm probably just gonna stick with the Lions and I might even just take them with the spread. The Lions are six and two at home during the season. Yeah. I, I think this is big for the Lions and wouldn't that be something if Green Bay wins and they have to go to Detroit? Like, you know, that would be what a rematch. You know what I mean? Like, just um, so I, I don't know. It would just be really interesting because they, they played some interesting games this season uh, where they won at Green Bay, but they lost their home one, I remember, uh, between the Lions. So they, they won on kind of what we do with the Giants a lot of the time. Um, you know, win on the opposite, although we couldn't even do that this year. Um, so, I mean, that, that would be a really interesting matchup. I would kind of – I mean, I love Anna, and I'll root for the 49ers for her, but that would be a great matchup for a NFC uh, championship game, just that historic rivalry um, and Green Bay coming to town. and Because usually Green Bay is the home team, right? So the fact that the Lions would be the home team in that situation – uh would be uh really interesting uh, by the way for anybody who cares uh what for a divisional round weekend the wizards play the spurs and the nuggets that weekend at home back to back hmm interesting um all right well, i think we got through all the games in you know about what i expected i thought it'd take about 100 minutes and it did um so but i'm proud of us uh we uh we, we survived the gauntlet that is the nfl playoffs i'm i'm so happy they added two more games to this wild card weekend um i i and it turned out to be great to have a four and an eight eight o'clock game each day i know one of them moved to make that happen uh but i kind of liked on mlk day to have an earlier game now i know i'm lucky that i got to be home for it but uh it was definitely an enjoyable experience and it's not so crazy early that i feel like people could take off a little early on MLK day if, even if they had to work or they would just miss the first quarter and, you know, catch the rest of the game. Um, so 
Uh, I didn't mind it, and I liked that there wasn't two competing ones at the same time. Because in the COVID year, if you remember, sometimes they would move stuff to like both be Sunday night game or Monday night games, and then you got two games on competing networks. And uh, so I like this a lot better. Uh, so kudos to the NFL for getting this right this weekend. Um, I thought there were some great games, and I'm very biased because all the games went the way I wanted. Um, so that's rare. Um, so hopefully the the same thing will go. Uh, next week. Um, and uh, so with that, I'm going to let Tim uh, give his final thoughts and then he can get out of here because I know that I'm sure even with a, I don't, I don't know how they work with remote days. If you get snow days, you probably don't. So. No, it's all the same, but yeah. at least I'm not driving in the snow. That's the key. Yeah, that's definitely it's nasty true. out there. Yeah. So uh, Tim, let anyone know your final thoughts on anything you want to talk about and uh, I hope that you have a great week. No, it was a great time. Hopefully next week I can talk about a Ravens win, but we'll see. And um, good to talk with you guys again, and I'll, I'll see you again um, next Monday. Sounds good. Awesome. Appreciate it. Arun, any yeah. final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, no, not really. I'm just going to enjoy this RG3 Jay Gruden uh, tweet fight. There are more tweets that are coming, so I think it might be even more co- content for me to enjoy. Yeah, I, I have to say, Arun, when we started this bit eight years ago, I did not think that we could continuously talk RG3 on almost every show for eight years. But, I, you know, I'm so happy he's a commentator and that somehow uh, he's still uh, very relevant in our lives. I wish Carol was here to enjoy this content. I, know, I did too. That's true. Yo! I'll have, have to take the clips and send it to him. Yo, okay, this this tweet that Arun just put in in the in the group chat is a reply to Jay Gruden who said he weren't prepared, Robert, and his response was, "You told me you didn't know how to coach a quarterback who could throw and run like me, so looks like you weren't prepared, Jay." With the picture, <laughs> the picture was taking me out. Oh my god, that's so good! All right, I'm putting it in Twitch chat, and I'm also going to put it on the Facebook feed. That's hilarious. Um. That's really good. Oh, my God. Um, all right. Well, Arun, uh, thank you for always uh, bringing uh, uh, the, the great commentary from RG3 and from all the different statistics that you uh, you bring to the table. Uh, any Anything you want to say or um, before I let you go? No, that's it. Uh, signing up with RG3 News. That's it. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, thank you. Uh, my RG3 correspondent Arun um, and uh, we'll talk to you next week and uh, yeah so um, uh, oh Lewis said so my Chiefs are in and they play the Bills yeah that's true uh, so anyway thank you everyone for sticking around on uh, Facebook and on Twitch um, I'm going to let a Champ I'm going to do a couple of graphic switches real quickly um and do the no spots uh graphic and yeah uh let people know champ uh the top three maybe wrestling stories of the week that you're working on and what you're talking about this week and what or what you talked about last week whatever you think is meaningful to you right so um T- uh impact wrestling has rebranded to its original name of tna wrestling they had their first event this past weekend hard to kill which we did a live stream reactions to uh and a couple of former wwe 
uh, performers showed up to the show and uh, made appearances on the show. Uh, Zaya Brookside, who was part of NXT UK, is signed to a three-year deal. She was a part of the Ultimate X match to determine a number one contender for the uh, Knockouts World Championship. Uh, AJ Francis, formerly known as Top Dollar, was part of the pre-show where he debuted a video, but it got interrupted by uh, Joe Hendry, and he attacked Joe Hendry for that. Uh, also showing up was the former Dana Brooke, now known as Ash by Design. Uh, she showed up and was uh, front row for the Knockouts World Championship match. That was the uh, second to last match of the night. And then at the end of the match, after Moose won the Impact, the TNA World Championship, uh, Nick Nemeth, who was formerly known as Dolph Ziggler in WWE, showed up and attacked Moose uh, to basically make his intentions known that not only is he part of TNA Wrestling, but he's also coming for the TNA World Championship. Uh, Nemeth has been very busy since um, his no non-compete was uh, ended. He not only will look to make an impact in TNA, but he also has a shot at the Global Heavyweight Championship in New Japan against David Finley after what he did in his uh, uh, in his uh, fight with David Finley at Wrestle Kingdom. So that's a big thing to talk about. Uh, the other thing to talk about as well, Cora Jade, who just returned from injury with NXT, suffered what was reportedly known as a torn ACL during a live event for NXT this past weekend. So it looks like she's going to be on another long hiatus with that because typically a torn ACL with surgery it's a nine month it's a minimum nine month recovery period sometimes it's a little more than a, about a year uh so the young the young lady will be out for uh, about nine months to a year so very very tragic for her um so those are some of the uh the things that we're looking at now with wrestling uh no spots will be on streaming live this Sunday on our Twitch channel where we will be recapping uh, hard to kill myself and Seth, and we will be presenting as we do every year uh, in January our top ten matches of 2023, and it's a, it's one show you definitely want to see because even if you're a non wrestling fan. This is something that can get you into wrestling, learning at least what the most the best matches of twenty twenty of uh, the most recent year are as something to go and watch to maybe get you into wrestling and a lot of times our our picks we may have the same matches on our list but they're in different spots so it's definitely something that you want to check out so that'll be this coming sunday on the no spots podcast switch channel twitch.tv slash true no spots pod so make sure you tune in chap got a couple questions so one uh do you and sith share with each other your top 10 before you go on air or is it no nope 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 when we when we reveal our list, it's the first for both of us. Nice, I love that. And uh, so, I just wanted to follow one thing that you were saying before. So, can you be on multiple different wrestling programs as long as it's not WWE? So, like yes. you were saying, New Japan and was it TNA? No, TNA. No. Yes. Yeah. So, you can so be base, basically, so here's the thing: WWE still has its own universe where the talent don't go and do other things okay some though recently in the last few months to a year they have allowed talent to go to other places like charlie dempsey of nxt went recently went and did a mini tour with all japan pro wrestling uh so there's that but outside of that and then shinsuke nakamura last year uh was able to go to um pro wrestling noah and fight um uh 
Keiji Muto as he was going through his retirement tour. Uh, but that was like a one-off thing. But other than that, WWE doesn't allow their talent to go and do other things and like do indies or stuff like that. Whereas TNA and AEW and even MLW, they'll they'll allow their talent to go and do other you know they'll do do other uh, fed, uh, other feds and things of that nature uh, because s- some of those feds they have a working relationship with like with TNA and this took a long time for them to get a working relationship with New Japan after the way TNA did uh, Kazuchika Okada during his excursion there way back when uh, in the mid 2010s uh, where they had him doing this uh, like sort of gimmick of you know uh, the Green Hornets uh assistant and how that went about so they they had a rocky relationship but they've rekindled that relationship in the last couple of years so they're able to do things and AEW's had a relationship with New Japan because they've done two paper uh, pay-per-views with them known as Forbidden Door and things like that and also AEW has a working relationship with two of the biggest Mexican promotions uh, in wrestling in AAA and CMLL so their talent able to do those shows and their talent are able to do uh indie promotions as well, indie uh shows as well so that's the 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 setup they have and the same thing with TNA because TNA the way that their schedule is set up they'll have like a big event and then they'll do like a taping the next night where they'll tape a whole bunch of matches in one night and that'll be their TV for the next couple of weeks and then they'll bring them back in a couple of weeks do more tapings. What TNA does, they tape a whole two to three weeks of content in one night or in two nights uh, uh, in one weekend. And then their wrestlers are free to do whatever the heck they want to do and things like that. So that's why they have those relationships. See, WWE doesn't have that because they're always, they, they have weekly programming and then they have live, uh, live events as well as things like that. So, that's why that relationship, that's why WWE doesn't have that kind of relationship with other promotions and things like that because of that. And plus, they pretty much isolate themselves in their own world, in their own universe. So I just want to give a quick shout out. Uh, got a big raid from Gibson Lens just right there. Yeah, I just saw that. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, Hello, 41, everybody. That's one of my largest raids I've ever gotten. So thank you for that. I do have a little surprise. because I know that they're coming from a music community, which is not necessarily what we're talking about right now. Uh, but I am working on a podcast project with scuba footage uh, and where I make music videos to different uh, Twitch streamers. And so I was going to show everyone a little bit about that. I am going to end the audio podcast and just finish that real quickly up right now because we're almost at the end of it. And then I'm going to bring uh, that audience in. Um, uh, Jay Green is beefing with Brian Mitchell now. That's great. Um, <laughs> That's the last person you want to smoke from is Brian Mitchell. That's the yeah, last one you want. I agree. All right. So let me just end this uh, Facebook Live. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in on the Facebook Live and the audio podcast for the Sports on the Hill podcast, Episodes 327. This was a Caps update and an NFL playoff talk. We went through all the different playoff matchups from this past weekend and previewed the ones from this upcoming week. Uh, next week, we'll be back with Hockey Talk in the first hour, and we'll, in the second hour, recap uh, all four of the games uh, from this weekend and preview uh, the championship games uh, in each of the 
conferences. And thank you, Ken, uh, for being a part of uh, this conversation as always. And definitely go check out uh, Champ um, both on Twitch, but also um, his podcast if you want to talk more wrestling. Uh, so with that, I will end the Sports on the Hill podcast and say uh, DC Sports Without the Politics, Sports on the Hill podcast, and let's go Caps. Okay, Daniel. Sayonara. All right, stop. Live.